0: come from all around the world, all walks of life, all in search of that feeling, that emotion, that one thing that takes your breath away and leaves an impression that lasts forever. The time has come once again to gather for that universal rush. Now, buckle up and let yourself go. Give yourself up and let the moments take you where you least expect. In a worldwide convergence on the ultimate thrill ride. So, this is going to be one hell of a ride. Here we go! I'm Seth Freaky Rollins! Quiet on the back. We cleaned out quiet on the back. The thing Up to the top is <laughs> where we're going. AJ Styles says he doesn't have an opponent at WrestleMania. He does now. to live event and entertainment, the ultimate thrill ride, WrestleMania.
1: Next up then we get an advert for WWE's Best of the Two Thousands DVD, and this is followed by a musical interlude. Stephen Marley and Pitbull are announced by Jojo, who then performs something. And then they perform one of the WrestleMania themes for the year, the one you were singing earlier on, Steven. Green Light, that one's called, apparently. Flow Rider emerges to join for that song. This is followed by another fireworks display, a second of the night already. Then they play the same song again, completely exposing the fact that they weren't performing it live, because it sounds exactly the same.
2: They were performing it live. <laughs> they were. I had no recollection that I'd seen Mr. Worldwide live at WrestleMania. <laughs> Genuinely, there's no one, no bigger fan <laughs> in the world of pitbull than me i've got all his albums i've got a signature up there on the wall of pitbull i absolutely love him he's an artist with very few equals perhaps none smashing out really thought-provoking lyrics such as i don't play football but i've touched down everywhere 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 i don't play baseball but i've hit a home run everywhere everywhere i've been to countries and cities i can't pronounce and the place on the globe i didn't know existed in Romania she pulled me to the side and told me Pitt you could have me and my sister in Lebanon yeah you're the women of the bomb and in Greece you guess it the women are sweet been all around the world but I ain't gonna lie there's nothing like Miami's heat what a legend what a man alas he didn't do the classic song on the night international love that was download it now listen to it on Spotify but this was better than every single match on the show apart from the opener up to this point
3: yeah I've just got Pitbull Steve Marley and some fella that looked like Baron Corbin <laughs> The first song, extremely peculiar choice. But I, I don't mind these musical performances. I'm not a fan of that kind of music. But it, 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 I think that they're just trying to make it a bit like the Super Bowl. And I don't mind it. You know, and if you don't like it, skip it, go for a drink, go and have a dump, whatever's your poison. <laughs> just. But yeah, I don't mind them. I don't
2: mind them. I don't think I've ever had a poo at WrestleMania, actually, like, Alex. <laughs> at 13. I'm trying to think. Oh. I think I've I probably also- attempted one. I'm not sure if I've ever been able to deliver.
1: I've also never heard of it. Being referred to as your poison, if you
2: go to the toilet.
1: Yeah, pitbull. I mean,
2: I'm not really a big pitbull fan. I, I'm, just sure, a, I'm sure. I like that song though. I do like these songs, but oh, yeah, you, I, I thought I, you were. I, 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 I haven't got an autograph on the wall. Oh, no. I, I, I thought haven't. you were. Oh, no, no, no.
1: The thing is, is, this is what makes the show five hours, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, like, oh, I'm Not,
2: not us. Yeah. Sorry, pitbull. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. WrestleMania.
1: <laughs> this is the, This is these are the things that make the show unnecessarily long. I will comment though, not that I think it's a good song or anything, but I do like International Love. Yeah, it's such a tune. It's such a
2: tune. Well, there's a reason, <laughs> and that's
1: because when it was out, me and my now wife went to Florida and stayed on International Drive, and mm. so I was just singing that song, but with International Drive instead of International Love the love entire it. time. That's the only reason I like it. It's yeah. <laughs> not actually a good song. In any it's way, funny because.
2: Uh, is you know when you're when you're you you've got like kind of that it's almost like you, when you see some music in a film or hear a music in a film you've got like that kind of you always taken back to that moment but yeah. that song was really big on a stag do in Reykjavik so anytime I hear that I think of that that club great times great times Bye.
1: Hello and welcome to the Random Wrestling Review and today we're covering Wrestlemania 33 Today I am joined by two men one of which is the first <laughs> annual Random Wrestling Review Hunk of the Year It is Alex Kirkman How are you doing Alex?
3: I'm alright, I don't know whether I like that uh, moniker. I'm, I'm very flattered but I feel you... bad for old man because he's the hunk, he? let's be honest
1: <laughs> You've been listing out your achievements on your Twitter profile for a while now and yeah. I thought we hadn't given you anything else to put on there. So I thought we'd better get it you know, sorted and give no. you that title officially, which, which you were bestowed upon by our other host today, Stephen Coriander. Stephen, how are you doing?
2: I'm definitely not hunk of the year, as, as uh, Ben caught me scratching my left eyeball out. My left eyeball now looks like I've got the eye of maybe like a 95-year-old. As it's all wrinkled up. So yeah, other than that, I'm doing very well. Thank you.
1: It's better than you sticking your finger in your left ball bag anyway. So that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: That's coming later. Intermission. Watch
1: out. <laughs> no, you can't do it then because our listeners will miss out. So hmm.
2: you've got to do it. You know, I'll be a surprise. Early.
1: So yeah, we're covering WrestleMania 33 today. The WrestleMania series continues. And you know what I realized when I was uh, thinking about stuff the other day? Is I haven't done a plug in forever. I haven't put any plugs out Whatsoever, other than for things Alex is doing, obviously his bands and other people's <laughs> bands and other other people's shows and refereeing gigs and marathons and goodness knows what else. I've done, we've done no other plugs, so I thought today I would I would just give yeah I just put it out there you know if you want to follow us somewhere you know you can follow us pretty much anywhere. In particular, even though it's incredibly slow going because I don't think anybody really uses it yet, but threads. I'm trying to build up a little bit of a following there because I'm still really nervous about X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Elon Musky, 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 Sly Old Stoty Stoat is doing something very, very strange. And there's been rumors and talk and like reports that they were going to start charging per month just to be on the platform. So I'm like, well, if that happens, we do need another home somewhere. So Threads is kind of our backup. So even if you don't use Threads very regularly, but you've got an account, just go over there, follow us, and then you never have to go on there again unless... Twitter goes down or Twitter goes behind a paywall and then and then we will move all of our operations over there. We're also on Facebook, Instagram and you can follow us on X if you're not if you're not currently doing so, even though that could mean less and less as time goes on. Also, give us a a, a review. Five stars would be lovely on any of the podcasting apps that you can do that. I don't think you can do that on every podcasting app, but certainly Spotify now allows you to do so, as does obviously Apple iTunes and I imagine one or two of the others do as well. That is probably all I need to plug for today. So that'll that'll do. That'll get that out of the way for probably the next six months. We won't, won't bother with it now for a while. But threads is the threads is the main crux of the of the thing I wanted to kind of put out there because even though, as I say, no one uses it, it's it's good backup. It's good backup for us. Do you guys want to plug anything?
2: Uh, no, it wants- <laughs> we both tutted in unison then, didn't yeah. we?
1: <laughs> it's a miracle. No, Alex has got nothing to plug. Oh no, I, hang I, on. No, he's changed his mind. No,
2: no.
3: no. <laughs> I have got a, a little something to plug, but I'll come on
2: to it later on in the middle of the show. I'll I'll plug actually something. You you get can get some breaking news here from me, because it's not been announced anywhere. <clears throat> so in the run up to the final mid-south moment slash uwf the final year podcast which will be coming in early january there are going to be a series of specials at christmas the 12 days of progressive moments if you like and that is coming soon and that's all i will be saying about that for right now Ooh. keep your eye on our social media at pro w moments for more details on that
1: i'm looking forward to knowing what that's about
2: yeah. definitely Tease. i might be tapping Teasy. you both up for some, for some content depending on how uh, it's a couple of weeks ago Yeah, no no. problem. I was going to plug something,
3: actually. I'll just tell you about about the day yesterday, really, that's all.
1: Oh, yeah, okay, Yeah, so Alex is going to plug something. And once again, it's a wrestling promotion. But I don't mind so much because it's not New Japan, WWE, AEW or some other company that's got sort of national (laughs) exposure anywhere.
3: Yeah, so I mentioned it on the 29 podcast, went to uh, the Grand Pro Wrestling Show in in Hindley yesterday near Wigan. And it's the first kind of independent show that I've ever been to. My my wrestling knowledge is solely WWE, really. Uh, I've been to a few WWE shows, but I've never been to an independent wrestling show. And I'll tell you what, it was absolutely fantastic. I had such a good time. It was so much fun. And... I think I had more fun, and I know that then uh, you didn't particularly like the show, but I, I had more fun yesterday than I did at Clash in the Castle. It was just absolutely fantastic. The kids loved it, and a, a special shout out were, to a lad who was with who was sat next to Heidi and James, uh, called Leo, um, an autistic lad who come who went with his dad, and he's got a YouTube channel, and it's called F U W Leo, and it's all one word, and he's only got about twelve followers on there. And it's him and his dad doing wrestling moves on the trampoline, and he's got doing wrestling moves with toys and stuff like that. And do you know what? He was such a lovely kid. He was really, really, like, really, really nice kid. And they did a raffle as well to win uh, two free tickets for the next one in January. And he won it. And we're, me, me and the missus were so happy that he won it because he was such a lovely kid. So I'm going to plug his YouTube channel, F U W L E O Leo. And I said that, I told his dad that I would give him a mention as well.
2: I I think you're on mute, Ben.
1: If he's got 12 followers, then he's already got more than us on YouTube. Um, and we have got a YouTube account, by the way, so you can also go there. Not that we post very much at all. In fact, I think we posted one video this year, but we do have that too, so get everyone over there. And, and you know, more followers, the more chances are, are something will be posted, even though it'll probably just be a retread of something we've already recorded on the podcast because who's got the time for more content on top of what we already do? And Alex, I'd noticed they're already posting his entry for next year's Random Wrestling Review Hunk of the Year candidacy by... Because it's not just a looks thing. It's a, it's a, it's a personality competition. Uh, competition. competition as well, and uh, look at him being the jovial gent (laughs) that he is already, like putting his post
3: in for it. Oh yeah, well, I'm spreading the love, spreading the love. Good stuff.
1: Okay, well, we're on to Wrestlemania 33. Alex is sporting the Random Wrestling Review t-shirt, which he uh, was showing off all over social media yesterday as we're recording this of course it will be yesterday by the time this comes out and Stephen meanwhile has got a wrestlemania hoodie i don't know what wrestlemania is
2: oh sorry that's an awful noise it's wrestlemania play button from wrestlemania 31
1: <laughs> right yeah wrestlemania play that's right what's this one then the last one was wrestlemania star what's the what's wrestlemania 33 theme park yeah wrestlemania, WrestleMania- ultimate coaster. thrill ride wrestlemania 33 roller coaster
2: yeah mm,
1: cool okay so let's get straight to what were our expectations going into this steven you weren't out this one i assume
2: I was at this one. Oh, you were? Wow. Yeah, I was, yeah. I didn't remember this one very well, and my expectations were probably kind of middling, and I'm not sure my expectations were met. And that's all I've got. We'll we'll we'll, we'll go through that more as we go through, I'm sure. Alex?
3: Yeah, I was dreading this one, if I'm honest with you. I think Matt mentioned it in the uh, 32 um, episode. This is the era of massively long WrestleManias, and when I turned it on and it said five hours and four minutes, my heart sank. There's just no need for shows to be that long, no need whatsoever. From memory, there was I think there was about two matches that I thought were going to be quite decent, and we're also into the era of a lot of old wrestlers or legends in inverted commas being involved, which you know that I hate, so it got me back up already. Uh, so I wasn't looking forward to watching this in the slightest.
1: We're definitely in the era of the goodness gracious me, that's long <laughs> WrestleManias. <radius. laughs> Your heart dropping was better than your bollocks going up into your body, which would have happened to Tom had he seen that <laughs> amount of time. And we're also definitely into that period, as I said a while ago, where basically WWE are leaning very, very heavily on the olding, older and aging legends um, and part-time stars. One thing I want to ask before we go any further, you said, Alex, there's no need for a wrestling show to be five hours. Stephen, I want to get your thoughts on that, because I assume that you can probably see some value in it being five or a wrestling show being five hours not necessarily wrestlemania because new japan certainly wrestle kingdom is often pushing five
2: hours isn't it that this is my talking point actually so should we go there
1: yes go there love
2: it okay so so my talking point really is at what point did they decide let's just go long go long go long but actually it just completely hurts the actual quality of the show i do think you can do a five hour wrestling show that's good i do think that's possible if you've got the right over combination of people but clearly wwe 32 33 34 35 didn't have that this just just to go back this I think we we you touched on it ben last week and I'm bringing back a podcast favorite which is coriander's boring travel tales um <laughs> it's going to come a new feature on the Stephen Coriander's
1: <laughs> travel tales are fine. It's Tom's we don't
2: want. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but this is the last WrestleMania that I did a chat tra- like a all-in travel package for. So I went to 33, 34, 35, and that's it. It may never go again. But they arranged buses to bus people into Camping World Stadium. And the pickup was 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon. And the, and the main show started at 7. 3.30, and it was like a half-an-hour journey. Luckily, we didn't do that. We got an Uber. I think the pre-show started at 5 p.m. But basically, we got back on the bus at something like... 20 past midnight, half past midnight. And it looked like every single drop of energy from these poor people had been completely gone, like ripped out of their body, never to be the same again. Like zombies in like Walking Dead or something. They'd been bitten and it's like they're basically dying. So I just I just don't understand. Like Matt talks about this a lot and he talks about this last week um, on the last WrestleMania review. It's, this is not a kind of achievement award like you get on Wrestlemania because you've you've like you've, you've worked hard during the year this should just be four hours just four hours is fine four hours for the big show three hours for everything else. maybe even a three and a half hour raw Rumble the two run Rumbles now but I can't I can't understand the creative thinking I guess this is what my, my talking point is what's the creative thinking about five hours is going to be better than three and a half why do you need to do that and really marginalise the actual good stuff that you've got on the show and there wasn't a lot of good stuff on the show but I just don't I don't get it I don't get the thinking is it just about the, the the kind of award of taking part in sports, though, but you finish 8 out of 8 in the 50-yard dash.
1: Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think the thinking is the same thinking they've had, really, since the start. I mean, certainly if you go back to WrestleMania 4, for example, that everybody on the roster is on the show, and I think that's just it. I, mean, I think that there is this, it's that weird thing where WWE almost do it because they want to give everyone that payday but my argument is well just pay them better in general yeah don't feel the need to sully your creative product because you can't be bothered to pay people correctly (laughs) (laughs) yeah
3: i agree with that i agree with that and i think matt said something about that if you're not good enough to be on wrestlemania you shouldn't be on wrestlemania and i kind of agree with that but i don't agree with that and simply because of the pay the pay thing everyone should be entitled to some sort of pay so if that's the way that they're going to get paid by being on the WrestleMania, I think they should have everyone on. I I, I don't agree with it, but if that's how they're going to pay their talent, then everyone should get on there and should get some sort of WrestleMania payday because it's only fair. But in saying that, like you said, they should pay them better. They should have a better pay structure.
1: I mean, I don't know what the pay structure is anymore. I mean, I know at one point it was pretty much, when when you still have pay-per-views, I understand pretty much that it was an almost kind of just arbitrary well, you were in this match, that was important to this extent. So we're giving you X amount of money based on the pay, that the, the pay-per-view buy rate that came in and the attendance figures that we got and the merchandise sales. So they never, I, I don't believe there was ever a really transparent means of which they calculated who got what. So even then, it's not like it's fair because there never seemed to be one. I don't know if that's changed in the network era. And certainly I remember when punk left that was one of the things he was most concerned by was how are we going to get paid properly now because you're not people aren't buying the pay-per-views individually for shows that you know i'm on or whoever else is on they're buying subscriptions to the whole network for a lot less money than they would have been paying for a pay-per-view now i don't think that's ever adequately been answered in the public in in the public sphere about how this is now calculated and uh, maybe i'm wrong maybe i've missed it when i was not watching so much but i don't know if it ever has
2: it's even more complicated now with peacock because they just get paid a flat, flat fee it doesn't ma- matter actually WWE. i guess it matters if peacock massively fell off a cliff in terms of subscriber numbers but people aren't necessarily subscribing to peacock for wwe i'm sure a lot of people do but there there's premier league football and all sorts of different things on there. there's something even even some nfl on there as well so there's lots of different streaming sports on there so I don't know how the WWE pay structure works now. Do they just get a guarantee and then they get paid bonuses based upon appearance? I'm not, I'm not really sure. But I think surely, I mean, it it won't ever happen. But these guys, AEW, it was interesting when the Punk stuff came out because they talked about in the Punk um, or Tony Khan talked about in the Punk kind of release statement that both of his contracts had been terminated. So his employee contract. And his wrestler contract so obviously he was paid whether it was a nominal amount for being an employee of the company presumably so he could get benefits whereas and i guess the evps have got that as well but the rest of the wrestlers wouldn't but surely these guys should just be employees now with a bonus scheme and you get a flat fee you get your benefits get your medical and all that sort of stuff paid for you. they've got so much money and at, the, and at the end of the year or maybe even a quarterly or half yearly you get a bonus paid based upon your position on the card that is so obviously should be the way it's done but these guys not getting benefits now is is absolutely scandalous when they're not independent contractors because they can't get up one day. So well, actually, I'm independent contractor. I'm going to go and work for somebody else. I can't do that.
1: No, and and also I don't understand, like even if it didn't work like that, I don't understand why it doesn't work like it works for any other sport where you have a set length of contract. You negotiate the amount of money you get for that contract. And if WWE want to release you earlier than the end of that contract, you get a payoff of the the equivalent amount. I I don't understand why that's not the thing, the way it's done, Mm. because that would be much more... That would be much less risky for WWE, because if they're employees, then there comes with it, you know, probably some some requirement of the WWE that they have to pay out certain things like pensions and income tax and goodness knows what else on those on those same people. But under contractual kind of uh, a a contractual scheme like footballers, for example, it would just be a case of, well, you know, you want to sign me. You think I'm a draw three years, five hundred thousand a year. That's my fee, basically. And we'll agree a certain amount of dates, that kind of thing. I don't understand why that's not the thing, you know. And, and ultimately, sometimes, you know, it, it, it would be it would still be open to kind of abuse because WWE could go, well, we really like this guy and we're really going to push him. So we'll sign him to a five year deal now before he's been pushed and get him on a really low fee. That's good but
0: yeah.
1: but that's that's the way sports works. You know, yeah, like is, you, yeah. you you bank on yourself. So that person might go now, nah, forget it. I will. I'll take a one-year deal. I'll prove to you that I'm worth much more than that within that year, and then you'll pay me loads of money in a year's time to, to take that five-year deal as opposed to me taking it now. Mm. That's how it works in normal sports. I just don't understand why it doesn't do that. But anyway – Whatever the case, we've gone way off topic, topic. <laughs> WrestleMania being five hours. The problem is, this is not just the five hours of the main show, is it? That's the thing. Like you said, Stephen, you've got people turning up, at you know, two, three hours before the start time of the show. So I remember when I watched WrestleMania 32, when it was first on, when it was actually on, I watched all of it, the pre-show and the main show in one go, seven hours nearly of wrestling. And not not even just wrestling, but lots of talking, lots of nonsense, lots of stuff that I wasn't interested in. That is far far too much. So I don't know. But you, you, Stephen, you said you there are ways it can
2: work. I think um, I can't remember how long the Tokyo Dome shows were that I went to. I don't think they were five hours because they went they were spread over two nights. But I feel like I've I've watched five hour wrestling pay per views that have been good. But it is it is, it is the except it is the exception to the rule because I think you you know you have to have a really kind of varied and you have to be re- your booking has to be really really good and you have to have people that are over to make that work and I also think you have to book it in in such a way that it builds so it, it can't be the tone I don't believe you can do a five-hour really successful wrestling show in the way that Tony Khan books his pay-per-views I think you've got to have you know if, if we're talking New Japan you do The junior tag titles first and you do the you know what never open title and then the junior heavyweight title and and you do it in an order of of what is the least bit well built and over character all the way through to the most over character at the end i think that's i think that can work but i'm i think you're talking about really exceptional circumstances to even give that a go four hours enough let's be frank three hours is enough really isn't Mm. it three hours i mean new New japan the other night um in london was just on four hours and i'd say Probably two and a half hours of that you could have thrown out, thrown in the bin. Like it just, just wasn't worth. it. You, you know, Ben. I know you've watched a lot of New Japan. You know all the multi man matches early in the cards. It's just what a waste of time. Like no one's here to see that. Let's get on to the singles matches and, and just, just get on with it. So yeah, I, I think three hours is enough. I just have three, maybe three built up matches, then maybe a couple of multi mans to get people on the card underneath, and that, that's enough. It doesn't need to be any more than that, unless it's you know WrestleMania or Tokyo Dome or whatever.
1: Well, I think also three, like nobody's expecting in any walk of life, in any form of entertainment, no one's expecting five hours of entertainment. So yeah. like, first of all, football match is two hours long. It's 90 minutes plus your 15 minutes at halftime. That's your match. You might get there 10 minutes before. You might not leave until after the players have walked off the pitch, but it's not going to be more than two hours. Ultimately, ordinarily a, a football match. You take a, a film. They're very rarely longer than two and a half hours. And to be honest, they were much better when they were only 90 minutes in general. But, the, you know, the point is, is that they're not going to be a lot longer, lot longer than that. A gig, if you go to a gig, they're very rarely longer than a couple of hours long. You know, they're just not. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of baseball. And this season, this the last season that's just taken place, they brought in a new rule, which was a pit, uh, pitch clock rule to stop pitchers taking so long to to throw the next pitch. And with the express designed to say, no, we don't want the matches to go for four or five hours because people get fed up and there's mm-hmm. a problem with that. So it's it's generally, you know, accepted that two, three hours is more is, is fine. It's adi- completely adequate. You don't need to provide any more. There's no more bang for your buck just because you've added more content. I don't really see why they, I don't really see why their fascination with it at this time. And I guess now my concern is, I remember we had a conversation a little while back, maybe a year ago or so actually, where we talked about whether we'd prefer WrestleMania to be five hours long on one night or three hours long on two nights. And I think the consensus was we'd rather it be three hours long on two different nights. But my concern is that WWE just don't know when to stop and they'll add more time to each of those two nights and you'll end up with five hours, two nights. And that would just be absolutely
3: Horrific.
1: So I'm hoping that that doesn't that doesn't happen.
3: I was I was going to say that I I think there's a real worry that that's going to happen because when they it was done two nights. Um, I think they were kind of forced into it with COVID and they've they've kept it up and I think each each WrestleMania the time's gone up. I think the 30, 39. I was just funnily enough I just watched night one the other day and I think it was three hours three and a half hours. So night two I'm assuming is going to be similar. And it started, the COVID one, I think it was about two and a half hours. I mean, obviously, you know, they couldn't have gone that much longer with the with the COVID one because there was nobody there. But two, two and a
1: half hours, that was the length of the Edge-Randy Orton
2: match, wasn't
3: it? Yeah, probably, yeah. God almighty, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's a massive worry that, that that could happen. I do think it'll happen, actually, I do think it'll happen.
2: As long as Vince is not around, I think it'll be okay. And I don't think Vince is going to be around now. Because yeah, that's Ari yeah, Ar- Ar- Emanuel has pulled the absolute... Rub out of a hat. It's like, yeah, we'll buy the company, Vince. We'll, we'll, you know, billions of dollars. You'll be in charge, man. It's okay. And about four or five months later, he's like, yeah, Vince, we don't want any, any part of creative anymore. See you later. And what a great message that is.
1: Well, Stephen, just to kind of bring this talking point into a match that we can cover off at this point, yes. where did this most tell for you? On the night. On the night, or or now when you've rewatched it, you can say the um, main event if you want to, Stephen. It's all right. I know it would break the cardinal rule.
2: Do you know what? On the so okay, so, so th- this experience in person was really different from watching, and I can't remember ever watching this match, match back again. I we can talk about we can talk about the main event if you want to like that. That's yeah, it's not not. I'm just interested
1: to know where it most affected your viewing. Um, I haven't sure. reread
2: my notes, so I couldn't possibly tell you. I tell you what, I tell you what, I've got, a, I, I've just read the first first line of a particular match, and I said. What more could you possibly want in life when you feel like a wrestling show is actually killing you? I know an inconsequential women's title match. Hip, hip, hooray. So we're talking the six-pack challenge for the women's title, which I think was the semi-main event of this show.
1: Yes, it's Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Mickie James, Carmella Natalia, and Naomi for the SmackDown women's title. A match that lasts only five and a half minutes and is won by Naomi when she applies a hold and Alexa taps for the win, I didn't even know what the hold was called. That's or at least or at least I didn't bother to note it down. My notes were, to your point, really, Stephen. Fine, but a bit of an afterthought.
2: Yes. Becky Lynch had dreadlocks in this. I'm not sure that's acceptable for a white woman in 2017. So, probably someone should have told her about that cultural appropriation. Uh, I've got a little message for Matthew Roberts. I haven't seen you for a long time, Matthew. Mickey James done this. And I've got a message for you, which is Hardcore Country, which like, <laughs> I know you'll enjoy. Uh, oh. But yeah, this is nothing, this match. Absolutely nothing.
1: Given how bad that song is, I bet you Matt loves it.
2: <laughs> well at the, the rev pro show the night before all in half the crowd was singing that all the way through mickey james versus i can't remember who she's up against now and oh, like yeah. half know. the people really enjoyed it, and half the people were absolutely furious about it as well so i think matt matt was in the furious camp
1: he was but only because they were singing out of key and he, he's yeah. very
3: very, <laughs>
1: very special to his heart
3: i've not i've got any notes for this in my first line and i can't believe i have even written this it should be elimination but that would make the show even longer <laughs> and i don't know why i, I don't know why i brought that at all it was a pretty tight match the double sharpshooter spot was nearly botched uh natalia saved it though uh the submission move i thought looked i actually thought looked really brutal it looked like it really uh, i thought it was a, a cracking kind of move to uh, win the match but then but it was okay it was what it was just a spot fest for the for the ladies but yeah a complete afterthought compared to the other women's match anyway
1: Tell you what, I have what I've realised is I haven't given my expectations for the show yet. She went straight to your talking mm. point, Stephen, and that's fine because to be honest, my expectations were I'm not really sure. I, I can't mm. really. I think before the show, I pieced together what was on it through realizing that this was the ma- This was the show where Rollins and Triple H faced one another. So therefore, this had to happen and that had to happen and whatever else. And I do get 33 and 34 kind of confused with one another because I really wasn't watching a lot at the time. But I've got an expectation for how this show's going to go. And I think I'm going to possibly be playing the role of the polar bear today. But we'll we'll see. Interesting. Yeah, as I said, my thoughts on this match was it was fine, but it was an afterthought. It was a shame. I remember some people on Twitter at the time who were really big into women's wrestling, celebrating the fact that this was in the semi-final position on the show and me having to kind of break the news to them that, to be honest, that's only because the WWE see it as an afterthought and want to get the crowd down before the main
3: event. It's the piss break, isn't it? That's what it is. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Alex. Right. Okay. I I get three talking points uh, just in case other people pick (laughs) what I've got. So I'm going to go for my second talking point, which is the uh, Raw Tag Team Championship ladder match.
1: Yeah. So this was originally supposed to be uh, the Champions. I believe the club, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, against Cesaro and Sheamus, who would later be called The Bar, and uh, Big Cass and Enzo Amore. But before the match, the New Day came out and suggested that there would be a fourth team in this four, in this ladder ladder match for the Rule Tag Team titles, and they intimated that it might be themselves. But then the Hardy Boys music comes on, and they come out to a big pop, big surprise. Neither had been in the company for a little while, and they go on to win this one when they grab the belts, which is the point of a ladder match. So I won't go into the end because that's how they yeah. did it.
3: Yeah, so um, the kind of original competitors, Enzo and Cass, I actually quite liked Enzo and Cass at the time. I mean, as people, they are pricks. But I quite liked, I did quite like them at the time. I, I did quite like their, their entrances and, and Enzo's might work. Uh, I might be in the minority there. But Cesaro and Sheamus and gallows and anderson i i hate it when they put random people together in a tag team and then but they don't package them as a tag team so they did eventually with cesaro, cesaro and sheamus and call them a the bar and i, I like that and i liked it when they had the long green coats but i just i hate it even more when they just mash up theme tunes and mash up the names for example Breeze Angle. what the fuck is that about just call it's just lazy for me just call them the fashion police and then have them coming out in like cop word, I don't know as some sort of fashion wear Alex, and giving they new music.
1: If they didn't mash up theme tunes, we'd have never got the classic Allied powers mashup between Rich Bulldog and Lex Luger, which we love. So well, there, I, I mean there are
3: exceptions to the rule. I get that. <laughs> I get that. It, things like Jerry Shaw and Shaw Miz, just shit. <laughs> just just think of a new name. It's just lazy. Oh, sir. <laughs> oh, I fucking can't stand it. The build to the match again, lazy just because ladders were used in the build up it's a, lad, it's a ladder match, they, they attacked them with ladders backstage, on, on, I think it might have been the Raw before, and then right all of a sudden it's a ladder match, I would have preferred it if they just said, do you know what, it's going to be a ladder match, not just have some shit kind of beating them up with ladders and then we're going to turn it into a ladder match, and it's funny with regards to the ladder match, because uh, just a bit of a side note, I heard your discussion regarding writing and typing notes out, and I do a bit of a mixture of the two so I hand write my notes, and then I Type them up later on Because I can't read My handwriting And as I was typing up I, t- I told you I was watching Mania 39 night one just trying to do a bit of catch-up, and there's a fatal four-way on the uh, a tag match, and it pisses all over this match. Absolutely. It's absolutely a phenomenal match, and it doesn't need ladders. You don't need ladders to get some spot-filled match. So just, yeah, just it, it just wasn't needed. But this is why I wanted to talk about this point, and I'm going to rant massively here. So the New Day come out, and the horse bring out the Hardy Boys. I absolutely fucking hated this, and I hated it at the time, And I hate it now because it completely spoils the feud, whatever feud they had. And it makes the current tag team roster look stupid. Because surely, if they were gonna do that, surely the current tag team roster would just team up, get rid of them, beat them up, get rid of them, and then just crack on with uh, crack on with a match on their own. And so with regards to the match, I haven't got a lot. I've got the commentary say Hardy's have got to the bit of favourites at this point and they weren't even in the match. Well, there lies the problem. I've got what the F is a Swiss one nine. It's very frantic, but I just wasn't I just wasn't feeling it. Here Swiss one come,
2: nine's good, I like that a lot.
3: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got Here comes the big Jeff spot yawn Hardy's win Now I weren't a massive fan of the match And I love a ladder match I just weren't a big fan of it It just felt really tired Not very exciting But for me It's the booking Like I've said Completely buries the current roster And the way I see it Is that You've got these wrestlers That turn up Week in Week out Performing a grueling schedule of 250 plus days a year, then they're given a marquee match at WrestleMania and an opportunity to steal the so- show. Then two old fuckers turn up. One of them probably drunk drove to the fucking stadium uh. and then bat- and <laughs> batted everyone and take the titles. It's shit like that. I can't stand it. And it's the whole show. It's littered the whole show. Shane McMahon gets a big match. Kevin Owens and Jericho, two full-time rock t- t- two full-time superstars at the time, get bumped from a big title match to a second title match. Match. John Cena not full time at this uh, at this time. Triple H not an active wrestler. Goldberg given one of their biggest titles. Undertaker gets the main event. Don't get me fucking started on that main event. <laughs> It just sucks, I, I absolutely hate it Build up your crop of current wrestlers Don't rely on these old knobheads to turn up and just steal the show Now, they've got the place, I'm not denying that they haven't got the place And it would have been miles better if you had a heel tag team just come out Saying we'd beat, you know, we'd beat whoever there is to beat, leading up to WrestleMania And then whoever, some authority says, right, we'll get a mystery tag team, mystery tag team to wrestle you And then the Hardy Boys come out and squash him no problem with that. Absolutely no problem with that. It might bury that one heel tag team a little bit, but I've no issue with that. It just pisses me off that these wrestlers on the current roster make they make the sacrifices and they just get fucked off for some has-beens. And I've got a massive rant here about Jeff Hardy, but I don't fucking talk about that because I'll probably get banned from the podcast because I can't stand him either. We just, um, should we
1: just should we just pack up now, Steve? I think yeah, we've <laughs> summed up, any I think we're done. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal.
3: Honest to yeah. God, I, it. it I hate it. I hate it, and that's why if The Rock were to come back next year to wrestle Roman Reigns, I'd be like, "Fuck no!" I, I, I just can't stand it. I can't stand it.
1: Regardless of whether I agree with the general point or not, we you got to admit that The Rock coming back and facing anybody is a bit different than the Hardy Boys coming back and facing. Yeah, that. Somebody. Yeah, that.
3: And that's fair. That's fair. That is fair. But even if he come if he come back in the main event, I just I just think no, but build you build you can. Superstars build your current wrestlers up, and that's one of the things that's put me off AEW because all these old farts are going over there. Edge, Edge, honest to God, I must be the only person who, went his music went in the Royal Rumble, I was like, fucking hell. I can't I I don't agree. Want it. I agree. I agree. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. me and you only, like, me and you yeah. only. Honestly, I was like, I don't want to see him. I don't want yeah. to see him. And I thought, when his music hit, I thought he's going to win this, he's going to win it, and then he didn't, but he won the, the year after just bollocks it's just bollocks <laughs> ran over so uh, steven bollocks
1: or or not bollocks
2: just so, edge had one good year the rest of it has been bang average so mm. and that was when he was at later walking around with him
1: no i'm interested now because I'm, I'm this is how i feel about triple h this yep. is kind of how i feel about seth rollins to some degree are there many wrestlers who've had more than one good year <laughs> At heart. Well, yeah. They, they seem to live off that one year for the rest of their career. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Sorry, Stephen.
2: That's all right. Um, I had no memory at all of Enzo and Casbin in this tag team title match, and even less memory of how bloody over these two were. Ridiculous. Boring Coriander troll Fact number two. My wife missed the Hardy Boys surprise in this whole match because she was queuing up to get me a pizza. And this is one of the very few things that she'd have enjoyed on this show because she knew who the Hardy Boys were. And it was a really delicious pizza as well. So thanks very much uh, again, Mrs. <laughs> coriander. This is all about the surprise. I thought the match was just there. Hardy's winning did get, you know, big reaction, but not all that much else did, I didn't think. And I couldn't help but feel sorry for Jeff. All of his indiscretions aside, obviously, Alex. But he did the same dangerous Swanton spot we have seen so many times with a gimmick ladder that made him flip over right onto his back. Uh, all with miles and miles more on his body. Uh, and this is 24 hours after he did a ladder match in Ring of Honor with the Young Bucks as well, which I've I've never seen, but you can imagine what that would have been looked like. So you just, you know, just putting himself through pure agony twenty-four hours after that. So in the moment, this was this was like a really memorable thing. This hasn't aged very well, six years on, and yeah, I just um it just wasn't up to much i I kind of agree i hadn't really thought about that you are just kind of you know saying the whole tag team division is crap aren't you but then Mm. it is a tag team division it is kind of crap i suppose so that's the counter
1: yeah i mean i think i think the difference for me is it's a bit different if you are really pushing those tag teams up to the Mm. point where they can headline main events pay-per-views you know not necessarily wrestlemania but certainly like b level pay-per-views and you you've got them on a level that actually makes a difference to what you're drawing and, and overall the the, the wider storylines. And then wh- where the, the way WWE have historically treated their tag teams, which is a sort of mid-card afterthought, occasionally had some peaks, you know, late late 80s, early 2000s, fine. But other than that, in the main, they've basically been fodder for mid-card talent. I don't have a huge problem with that, to be honest, when it when it's the, that situation. I really liked the match. I <laughs> really liked... The Hardy Boys Return. I remember this was the one thing I could remember from watching it at the time. I watched it at Tom's house. I just can't think now whether he's still living with Old Man or not, but he may have been. But Old Man wasn't there when we were watching it. But he did then come in halfway through. He'd watched it the night before and he came in just to see our reaction to the Harley boys being announced and both of us were like oh my god amazing so we were really we really liked the surprise because it was just it was such a big surprise so I, i and i really so i enjoyed that memory and i enjoyed the enjoyed the match and i i thought We've been watching year after year. There's a ladder match, a multi-person ladder match on the show. I was quite happy for them to go back to tag teams, to be honest on this one, just to mix it up. I, as I've said before, like they're never not entertaining. They're just, they just aren't very memorable. And I always have had a philosophical issue with that. And I have made that clear in the past, but if you put that to one side, I thought the match was, was fine, pretty decent, liked it, happy. I think when I watched it at the time, this was my match of the night. It's not now, but it was my match of the
3: night at the time. This was the worst one for me, mainly for, mainly for that issue that I ranted about. But another thing I, I, I wanted to mention as well is I, I've just I finished listening to the uh, WrestleMania 32 podcast that he did, fantastic as always. But you said about that there was a lot of injuries at WrestleMania 32, and never thought about that. As you know, I never thought about that. But as far as I'm aware, there weren't really many injuries here, so they've chose to pick these old people to come back and wrestle and and at the expense of the current roster and that's what that's what i don't like it's just boring and annoying
1: i think i think the thing is is that maybe there's no difference but i think the thing for me is, is not that they've done bad at wrestlemania It's they've done bad the rest of the year if they've got to this point and they've got to rely on the undertaker on randy orton on goldberg on rock lesnar on whoever else it's not because they've done bad in the build to wrestlemania and the choices they made for wrestlemania It's that they've done bad the rest of the year or the rest of the last few years because they haven't built people up enough to get them yeah. there as i said maybe it's maybe they're not different things but to me there's a there's a little bit of a nuance there and i think that brings me i'm gonna this wasn't i was not sure what my talking point was going to be but i think what i will do as my talking point is the fact is the difference between the, sh- the card just on paper between this year and the last year so we spoke about WrestleMania 32 two weeks ago, and on that review, one of our big bugbears was just the the build was atrocious. The build for WrestleMania 32 was absolutely atrocious, and they didn't really help themselves, as I said, because even though they had all the injuries, they could have done so much different, so much more, but they didn't. I think the build to the show, Now I don't know because I wasn't watching week on week, but just from watching this WrestleMania, it felt like the build was really decent for this, and it felt like a lot of things were going on. And that the majority of the matches were significant. And it actually meant something. So I, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho had a load of build for it. You know, their team and everything. And, the, and Kevin Owens kind of turning on him and everything. You had the Seth Rollins Triple H match, which had been basically brewing really since before WrestleMania 32. And am I said on that, the review of that show, I believe that's what they were going to do at WrestleMania 32 before Rollins picked up his injury. The Orton and Wyatt thing had been going on for, for ages and ages. They'd had multiple matches the year before four i believe and then orton had joined the wyatt family only to kind of again swear of them lesnar and goldberg the build for that it's the sided the survivor series and the, and the build up to that show and then even like the stuff that hadn't been as built up but you know still included Significant wrestlers: John Cena, obviously, Roman Reigns and the Undertaker in the main event. Uh, even, even AJ Styles and Shane McMahon. Like, I'm not a, at all a fan of Shane McMahon, and I don't want to see him in a ring. But ultimately, WWE had positioned him as significant the previous year. Ultimately, they still see him that way here. And I just looked through the card and I thought, even though there are probably too many singles matches for my liking, i.e., there's not a lot of variation, it's like they've got the roster they wanted for the previous year, and now they're sort of making up for the fact they couldn't do half of what they wanted to do at WrestleMania. So I really I I quite like that. And I think what I'm going to talk about as kind of a, a example of that is Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker, because I am quite intrigued about this match and how you guys feel about it, because I didn't have huge expectations going in. But when they came to the ring, there was something about the match that, that did capture me almost instantly before they started playing. And it was a sense that WrestleMania 32, again, going back to that show, one of the biggest problems I had with the main event was that they tried to make Roman Reigns the baby face. Obviously, they were always trying to make him the main babyface, but they just couldn't. It just wouldn't work. And they didn't do anything to try and mitigate that problem. In the build to WrestleMania 32 and so they went in And even though Triple H got kind of a Big crowd reaction because people just hated Him that fell away because people Hated Triple H as well but here They went in happily allowing Roman Reigns to be the the heel the the antagonist shall we say rather than the heel because he wasn't like he turned or anything but they were they were happy for him to be the antagonist and for the undertaker to be the the the, the babyface the hero and i felt when i was watching it that it really worked and i can't believe i'm going to say this but this is my match of the night and i've looked a reason i can't believe i'm going to say it is because i i think at the time i thought it was a bit poor i think it's easy to look at the bit where they botch the tombstones and then go, oh god, Undertaker's lost it, it's all over. And also, I'm looking at the cage match rating for it, and they've given it 4.15 out of 10, which is a really low grade. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really interesting match. I think the story worked really well, and this was, you know, this, the the the, the defeating of The Undertaker, and the way they did it, almost like this slow inevitability that he was going to lose, I just, I think it worked really, really well, in a way that wouldn't not have worked at all had he still had the the streak as well so even the fact that the streak wasn't there actually for me elevated this yeah i was really quite surprised even with that botch with the undertaker you know with ray range trying to reverse the tombstone and, and them not being able to get up for it i think it worked really well and i i yeah it's my match of the night and i was i was quite surprised i i imagined that other people would dislike it but we will see now i suppose alex why don't you go
3: first right okay so the match itself was actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And I, I was dreading watching this match. I watched this show in four sittings and I watched me well i'll tell you well i mean to be fair it's five hours long than i've got bloody no i'm only joking i was was two sittings but anyway yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) but i watched it my first two sittings went up to the six woman match and then i watched that and i thought well i'm gonna sit down and watch the rest of the show and i watched that and then i just i couldn't bring myself to watch the main event because i looked and there was about 40 40 odd minutes and i thought i'm just not in the I'm just not in the the, the space they had space for this. So then anyway I put it on and I was dread it. I was absolutely dreading it because I remember it being crap. And I the the match itself, I actually thought it was a lot better than I remembered. A lot better. It's not match of the night for me, but it was a lot better. It it started off at a really quick pace. I thought it's pretty decent when the action when the action uh, when it went outside. The spear on the announced table was fantastic. The, the botches, do you know what? Yeah, I can see past past the botches. Um, it, it, it's going to happen. It, it happens. And, you know, it happens. It is what it is. Yeah, but it, yeah, it was a lot better than I thought it was. My issue, and it was going to be my talk my, my talking point, was the the placing of it. The main event. It absolutely baffles my head Why this was the main event Because And I'm gonna You might think I'm mental here But it would have made more sense If the mixed tag match Was the main event over this and I'll I'll explain myself why as I go on so oh real it no no but right so really out of the matches on the card out of the matches on the card for me it should no. Be. no 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 I'm not saying I'm not saying it should be I'm not saying it should be I'm just saying it would have made more sense I mean and I'd I, like
2: to have seen it so how pissed off the crowd was uh, wow.
3: well no I'll explain myself right if you're gonna put a match on in the cat this card right Goldberg Lesnar should have been the main event it's for a title It should have been the main event, personally. I mean, why the feuding? The feuding, because Undertaker, Roman Reigns eliminated Undertaker from the Rumble, and then they're fighting about whose yard it is. Brilliant. Um, And also, Roman Reigns eliminates Undertaker From the Royal Rumble, the match whereby the winner allegedly gets a shot at the title at the main event at WrestleMania. Roman Reigns then gets eliminated from the Royal Rumble, the match whereby the winner allegedly gets a title shot at the main event at WrestleMania. And they both get the main event at WrestleMania. Why is it the main event? The only reason I can think why they've put it as the main event is to get Roman Reigns over, okay? He's getting mixed reactions. He's clearly their guy and they want to give him a big moment beating The beating the Undertaker at WrestleMania. But for me, it doesn't mean anything because it, beating The Undertaker after WrestleMania 30 doesn't mean anything. He's a part-timer, he's old, he's injured, he's knackered. Roman Reigns is full-time, he's young, he's one of the biggest stars in the company. He should be beating The Undertaker.
2: No, but that's I, why it was on was last, I think, Alex. That's why yeah. it was on last.
3: But I'm not saying that. I mean, it, like I said, it was a good match. I just don't think it should have been on last. Mm. And and I think near the end of the match, I started feeling sorry for the Undertaker. I thought Roman Reigns was been a bit, bit of a dick. Because as far as just, <laughs> just beating him, beat him, I don't think Roman Reigns got anything from this match at all. And if you try to put him over, I think it just did the, the opposite effect. And the reason why I said it would have made more sense if the next tag match would have been the main event is... At least the feud was better for a kickoff. The match is shocking. We'll come on to the mixed side match after. But at least there was a happy ending or a happy ending in inverted commas. This had nothing. This was nothing. It was Roman Roman Reigns beat an old fella. Looking brilliant. Brilliant. In the main event of WrestleMania after (laughs) after a a five hour show. I just didn't get it. I just didn't get it. And I might be on my own thinking that, but. I just thought it was—it just made no sense to me whatsoever. No I sense. Think,
1: I think it was absolutely the right choice for this to be last. I think it was absolutely the right choice. And I—I I, don't—I'd say one thing first before I go into why. I also don't think that you need to necessarily consider this to be the main event just because it was on last. I think we've got to get past that. Like, there's this thing like, and I think even I think I'm gonna—I think everyone feels this way. But WWE never used to put the main event on last before they did the pay-per-views before they went to before 1984, the main event was always middle of the show and you know what it made sense to be the middle of the show from a sporting conceit as well because you could say we don't know how long all these matches are going to go so we've got to make sure you get this in before the curfew so we've got to put it in the middle of the show so that you definitely get your main event I have no problem with them saying you know what from now on the last match isn't necessarily the main event of the show it's not necessarily the reason you watch it we've discussed this on the show in the past as well I don't think even if you promote something as your main event going in you don't have to have that match go on last especially if what you want to do with it doesn't make sense for it to go on last. Now, the reason I think it makes sense here is because, first of all, the Roman, Roman Reigns is supposed to be their main star. They've backed him. They've they, they decided he's the main star. But secondly, and I assume this is what they were thinking, the Undertaker is retiring at the end of this match. Now, he doesn't. We know he doesn't. Yeah. But surely that's what they're thinking at this point, is this is his last match. We want him to put his stuff down in the, end, in the ring at the end, get his... Just as you know, is deserving kind of a praise from the fans for being this legend who's fought 20 odd, 25 odd WrestleMania or whatever it is. And that's what they want to do. I think if you put this match in the middle of the show, it's a nothing, it's, it feels like nothing. But I think putting it here made it feel epic. And I think it made the match. I think the match itself, I mean, maybe I'm wrong because lots of people don't like this match. So maybe it didn't make it at all. Although I would say, I would argue that a lot of that is because. You're watching a five hour show and this is the last bit of it, which is why I kind of was suggesting maybe we talk about it when Stephen was saying about how long the show is, because I do think that maybe takes away from it. And like you, Alex, I did this in four sittings and this was the final sitting, this just one match. So that probably helped my viewing of it, too, to be honest. But yeah, for me, I have no problem with it being the main event. And I thought it was the right choice, to be honest.
3: Just a couple of things with regards to that. I, I will say that maybe with regards to the retirement thing, I'm obviously, I know watching this match now that he doesn't retire. So maybe that does have something to do with it. So, well, I'll accept that. But with regards to the main event not being the, the end of the show, I think, and it's it's not my fault, it, WWE have conditioned me or conditioned people to believe that the main okay. event of WrestleMania right. is the last match so I, I get that you have double main events. I get you have triple main events or whatever, right? But the last match from 1985 or from from WrestleMania one, the main event that has been the last match. So yeah, it, I just I just really struggled with understanding why the placement was. And again, I, yeah, I do I get that with regards to retirement. And obviously, I know he doesn't retire. If he did retire, then I'd probably think, yeah, all right, fair enough. So maybe that is that's obviously affecting my, my uh, thought process anyway.
2: I think the biggest problem with this is that they tried to turn Reigns back. They didn't turn him heel for this match, but he needed to turn the night afterwards. It was... I can't even remember what arena it was wherever this was, where the hell was this WrestleMania Orlando in all the, on the Orlando arena the next night Reigns came out and just booed for about 10 minutes it's my yard now and didn't turn so that was the moment to do the character he does now and then you could have had him champion for six years rather than three but I'm you know, i probably somewhere in between actually you guys and this going back right to the start Jim Ross being out there to call this match was pretty remarkable given what he has been through in a couple of weeks leading up to this event Michael Cole called it a rough time and I'm sure he didn't mean to underplay but I, I'm not sure that was quite sort of fitting words for um, for what what he'd been through. Uh, as to the match, there wasn't a single fibre in my body that wanted to see this again. It's nothing at all. Generally speaking, they check signs going into a WWE show. So how someone got roman reigns is a holocaust denier into wrestlemania and then on screen is a little bit yeah. beyond me. just i i don't understand what possesses someone to take the time to do that lightening things up a bit i've never noticed before perhaps a one-off dirty protest style thing but during the undertaker's post tombstone pin on reigns his genitals are right in roman's face <laughs> and I can't imagine in those leather trousers after quite a decent workout that they were all that fresh. Okay, so the be- the best match I've ever seen live, York Hall, Michael Oku versus Will Ospreay. Osprey was a heel. Everyone in that crowd hated him, apart from me. And they wanted Oku to win. And it's the most real atmosphere I've ever been in for a wrestling match. And they went 45 minutes. And it was perfection. It was it was violent. It was it was so good. It was so, so, so good. It was so good in the moment that I'll never watch it again. Because I don't want a single thing on the watch back to, to impact on my original memories of that match. And in the first five minutes, I, Oku slipped off the top rope. There was a botch in it. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. And I don't think actually... The botches here mattered all that much, even though that's all people will remember. And actually, some of the bits in the closing sequences with Reigns hitting the Spears and Take not going down was actually really good. And I didn't expect that to be when I was watching this again. And there re- there was some genuine emotion with Take because I can't remember how, quite how they positioned this, but we kind of knew this was going to be it for Undertaker. It was supposedly it. So there, you know there was you know there was some 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 real thing in there. Alas, obviously you know he was back the following year, and then that oh so delicious Saudi money came along, didn't it? So. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't stay home for too much longer. But yeah, I think this is, this, this probably gets a, a worse rap than it deserves, I think, this match. But it's not my match of the night.
1: I mean, it's, it's interesting. Maybe that was the other thing. Maybe we didn't know it was going to be as match, but maybe the position of the show, the, the match on the show made us think it would be his last match again you know maybe that's just another way of adding to it but yeah i just did really i really felt an emotion coming from the crowd in terms of investment in who was going to win and wanting the undertaker to overcome this guy possibly not for the reasons that wwe themselves wanted people to feel that way in, in all cases a lot of people just didn't like roman reigns but also i think like in this match you see a lot of what Roman Reigns can do as a heel like it, it, you see this stuff now like the way he t- the way he's getting frustrated and angry that the guy won't stay down that's what he does now you know and his, as the tribal chief you're seeing the the beginning or the or, or you know a, an early version of, of what he does now in this match and I thought that was really fascinating too I I thought it was a, yeah I, I thought it was a really good match
3: Just a, another note with regards to the heel turn because I, I thought that, that maybe I'd have felt different if they'd have just gone full-blown heel but I don't know how to word this really? But um, I think if they'd have done that, they'd have killed his momentum when he was diagnosed with leukemia. If if he'd have turned heel now at, at this match, sorry, obviously he wasn't to know that, and I'm not I'm not saying it's good or bad. But it, I think if he'd have turned heel now, obviously when that happened, and, and rightly so, I think he would have built up a little bit more as as a face if that makes that makes sense. It's really struggling, trying to explain what I'm saying because it's obviously a sensitive subject with regards to. What Basically,
1: he, he would have got too much sympathy as a consequence of the cancer diagnosis yeah and therefore it would have cut across the fact that he was now a heel and yeah yeah but would he
2: not i i feel like because people never got a chance to hate him but when he came back after that that he kind of got a little bit of apathy Uh, and it wasn't until i mean he obviously came back and he was a heel during the pandemic era but I, I you know you can't argue with what roman's done i said that on the last the last time well, one of the last times we were on or i was on but actually if you get from this point to whenever that because that was crikey before wrestlemania 35 so you got you probably got about 18 months of him as a heel and i think he's a mega baby face after that and i think that's still to come you know reigns will yeah. be a baby face so i think you just i think you get as long as, as long as people are really caring about him i think you get the speech on raw and he comes back as the most over guy in the company by far but no one he didn't really get that because people hadn't had that hadn't got it out of their systems yet to actually boo him
1: no it's it's, it's it's interesting i i to be honest i think this run he is there is apathy for him but that's driving the anger if if that makes any sense it's not that people genuinely dislike him they, they just don't want to watch him yeah and so they're getting they're just getting angry that the WWE's booking this guy it's not like and I said, as I said before, I think you summed up perfectly. It's not like with John Cena, the pantomime villain that you love to hate. This guy you just don't want to see yeah. in that yeah. position. Anyway, just to say on Jim Ross in the commentary, I am not, I've i not been such a big cheerleader for Jim Ross over the, over the years. But I thought his contributions to that match were, especially the first five minutes, were just excellent. It was such a stark sudden realization of what jim ross brings because he really put over roman reigns in a way that i don't think the regular wwe commentary had done to that point he basically comes out and says something to the effect of roman is an athlete he's his own man and he is tough and i was like these are things that are basic simple tenets of a of a top babyface but Jim Ross has got them out there first thing, straight away, immediately as the match starts. I was like, that is what you miss when you don't have someone like Jim Ross. who just knows, understands the business, just understands what it takes to make a star and understands what it takes to put people over from the commentary desk. So that was really great. Interesting. I was just really interested to see what people thought, because as I said at the time it really got a lot of bad reviews. And I, I'm, you know, I was probably one of those, but I, I don't mind it. So let's go back to the start of the show. We've got a little bit of time. We're not halfway through the card in terms of what we've got to cover. So uh, even though we're, we're an hour in, we will continue. We start with America the Beautiful, sung by T- is now I'm I'm going to have to get this name right. I believe the name is Tenash or Tenash something like that.
2: What <laughs> is it? I don't think it's Tenash. I thought it was Tenache. Is it not? <laughs> could be. Could tinashe, be tinashe. Yeah, comes, That would
1: make sense. Possibly. It could be. It could be Tina She.
2: Yeah, Tina yeah.
1: Or Tina's he I don't know but it's something like that um she does a cappella. there is some booze for her but there's definitely
2: her, booze yeah. At the beginning. yeah I
1: didn't really understand why is there is there some reason for that I don't know way too much warbling for me in this version um and then of course the planes fly over the stadium
2: yeah. I quite enjoyed but, this sorry Alex you, go, <laughs> on, you no, go no 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 go me I was just I quite, I quite enjoyed it and uh, Ms. Ms. tanache has now got one more Instagram follower so congratulations to her <laughs>
3: Hmm, i wonder why <laughs> i don't know yeah i couldn't possibly yeah. say there was a bit of feedback at the start of it which uh did me edit. And i did and i've wrote extremely extremely breathy as she was uh, as she was singing and
1: then there i wonder some... where
2: you're going there alex yeah right
3: yeah um, and then there was That's what
1: Stephen was after he started following <laughs> the interval. Yeah, yeah,
2: I, <laughs> I was. <laughs> I bet. I bet.
3: That's his uh, motivation for his interval shenanigans, isn't it? <laughs> and then there were chance of you fucked up as well, but I don't, uh, at the end, and I don't I don't know why. I, don't, I should I don't know something wrong or not. I don't know. But yeah, it, no, not not the best version of America the Beautiful. Then
1: the intro video, the ultimate thrill ride. We're taking on a virtual roller coaster through the roster and their feuds. Okay, a little bit different. Not amazing, but I don't mind it.
3: See, I've got the cheesy as hell, really extremely stupid, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it, and I, I think it's because it was different, just completely different mm. to the others, to what we're normally used to. That I, I thought it was
2: fantastic. Really, think really it, enjoyed it.
1: I think if it hadn't been different, I would have thought this was the worst. But because it was different,
2: yeah, I, I was like, yeah.
1: I don't mind it. It's all right.
2: Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what I loved? Oh,
1: oh, <laughs> oh Matt's going to love that. I tell you, he's going to absolutely love it. So then we start with the New Day emerging as the WrestleMania hosts. They look completely ridiculous, apparently inspired by Final Fantasy. And I had no clue because I've never played Final Fantasy.
3: Yeah. I'll tell you something. If someone told you then... That Kofi Kingston, wearing a nonsense costume, prancing around like a fool, was winning the WWE championship. I'll tell you what you'd have thought, If you someone told me that, I thought they would have be been mental.
1: And big E. And big Yeah, WWE big well, yeah, big well. Biggie, yeah. And Biggie.
3: E. I think this is the reason
1: why Matt hates the New Day, because he doesn't, you know, because of that exact what you've just said. I thought you've just summarized why yeah.
3: he I mean know. only they can get away with this though. I mean, I love the New Day, I love them. And only they can get away with this. It's yeah, they did look ridiculous, I've wrote that, but it's a new day so I thought, yeah, no no issue with it. No issue with it. Well, our I have role. got an issue with it. Stick him in the fucking tag team matches instead of the Hardy Boys and let Hardy Boys horse the show. That's there the must, issue I've got with there it. There must have been a reason
1: they weren't. I'm assuming the injuries. They, I mean, can't imagine they I Imagine they would have been on the show had they been able to. But all three, though. I mean, no,
3: well, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, maybe not all three, but two of them would have been yeah. and the other one would have been in their corner. But right yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Then we <coughs> go to our <coughs> raw Commentary team, which is Michael Cole, Corey Graves and Byron Saxton. Saxton on his second run through of Wrestlemania and I don't think he said much more on this one than he did at Wrestlemania 32 the next observation I've made is that the entrance ramp is massive it's absolutely humongous and I'm all here for it I loved it I loved every minute of that Mm. ridiculously
2: massive entrance ramp
3: and the Uh, set as well I thought the set looked really good as well I mean, I love the big sets anyway, but I thought that look good as well.
2: This is back in your favourite stadium, isn't it, Ben? This is the WrestleMania yeah. 24 stadium, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, lovely stuff. Love it. Absolutely love it. The New Day just have a good time. That's all they do. They don't really do anything during this bit. They just have a good time themselves. Doesn't matter if anyone else does, but they have a good time, so that's great.
3: What did you think about the ring over the ring? Don't they,
1: uh, they've done that a few years in a row now, I think.
3: Did they do it at... They didn't do it at 32, did they? Oh, well, maybe not. I,
2: I no, just, they only do it when there's a not a roof.
3: Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I did I weren't a big fan of that, to be fair. The, the, the set, I thought, was good, but I didn't really like that ring on top of the ring. But anyway.
1: <laughs> then we get our first shot of the SmackDown commentary team, which is Tom Phillips, JBL and David Otunga. And when you're asking Tom Phillips to carry this bunch of nonsense, uh, that was something I was not looking forward to. That's ahead of our first hype video of the show, which is the hype video for AJ Styles versus Shane Man, Styles saying that SmackDown Live is the house that he built. I was like, this is a bit silly. You've been here about a year. SmackDown's been on air for 20. Like, what? This <laughs> is stupid. Styles complaining about losing to Cena at the Rumble and losing in the Elimination Chamber match, then having a go at Shane Man and attacking him taking out his frustrations brave shane mcmahon returning in front of the crowd rather than getting taken away in an ambulance and challenging Styles to a match at wrestlemania the pair brawling on smackdown and shane hitting an elbow from the top rope through the announce table as only shane mcmahon can do that is followed by the match a 20 and a half 20 minutes and a half well 20 minutes 35 seconds match i can't, how do you say 20 and a half minutes i don't know <laughs> just like that
0: apparently (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) I did think when you set up I thought he's nailed it the end comes when Shane misses a shooting star press which looked like it hurt like hell and then Styles hit the phenomenal forearm and got the pin
2: Stephen Another boring coriander travel fact coming coming up for you now. I wasn't very happy about my seats. So usually (laughs) uh, a stadium WrestleMania, I try and get, or travel package, try to get silver. So basically a hundred level, but I was stuck in the risers and it was so shit. I was sat right on the end of a row, but next to a walkway that was in between me and the ring. So all night I had people walking up and down, up and down, up and down. So I was in quite a bad mood at the start of this match. And there's more sleep inducing stories coming up either later on, or when am I next on? Four weeks time for WrestleMania. 35. Just wait till I get into my uh, rants about MetLife Stadium and how shit that was. JBL described Shane as being ripped to the bone and a cardio machine in spite of Shane sweating more than anyone should do inside of 90 seconds. And I wondered what he was hiding. A bit Prince Andrew-esque sweaty here, really, wasn't he? Why was he so worried? AJ's Karen haircut looked particularly nice blowing in the Orlando wind. Uh, And while some of Shane's offense left a little bit to be desired, as usual, on the night, I thought this was the best thing on the show. And watching it six and a half years later this was still really a tennis is far better than I remember it um, and the crowd were into it in a big way predominantly cheering on the heel AJ Styles and AJ was still good enough in 2017 to get by far the best match out of Shane McMahon uh, and I have to give some credit to him as well this is my match of the night I thought this was really really good
3: so this is one of the two matches that I thought were going to be pretty good so I was looking forward to it I did have a bit of a fear though because I thought that this was going to be my match of the night meaning that in five shows that I've done Two of the My Match of the Nights would have involved (laughs) Shane McMahon, but it isn't My Match of the Night. Just talk about the video package, the kickoff in gorilla. I love that. I love it when they do things like that, because it just makes it feel a bit more real. So I love stuff like that. And the video package actually got me quite hyped until Shane McMahon come out jiggling around all the time, doing his that which way did you go. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, it's just annoying But anyway, Styles is a big deal He looks like a big deal Presented like a big deal Wearing white as well small detail makes him look really special and i I, I love it when people change outfits for wrestlemania now i noticed in the background people stood up high on some sort of balcony um, and it looked like i don't know if it was some vip area like with a bar and and stuff like that Stephen, do you know which direction was
0: it
3: so if you're looking from the the entrance ramp kind of the top right of the stadium and it looked like there was a big kind of a, a big balcony and loads of people stood there watching the show like a bit like terraces i suppose but
2: i suspect they probably have a bit of standing room only there so you can go in right. and just stand on because the, they do have that at some american stadiums and arenas as well so you just go in and you just stand in that right. little section but it's like probably like 25 dollars or something so right. i'm sure that's what that was yeah right
3: okay i mean would you stand up for five hours in a, <laughs> in a show you know he struggled anyway. to sit down for five hours let
1: alone stand up
2: It sounds like some sort of horrific reality TV challenge, doesn't it? Can you stand up for five hours without pissing or shitting yourself?
3: But yeah, on on to the match. AJ Styles, the regular wrestler, is a a, a big deal. But Shane, the part-timer, matches him right at the start. I, I quite enjoyed the taunting between the pair. And I put Sweaty Shane makes a very early appearance. I did quite like Byron Saxton saying that, shane trains in mma and jiu-jitsu and stuff because it, it did give it a bit of context as to why he's doing so well and it kind of given a little bit of credibility i suppose so i did quite like that but his punches are shit always have been always will be i thought that the match started good ended good but i thought i, I was getting a bit bored in the middle i thought it slowed down a little bit and i i, I got quite bored AJ Styles does a Styles clash and Shane kicks out in capital letters with three question marks. Don't know what that's about. Referee is down and the bins are out, so course to cost is imminent. Yeah, the miss shooting star press. I'm not a big fan of Shane McMahon, and he does some stupid, crazy stuff, which you you talked about on uh, the 32 show. But he's annoyingly quite athletic, to be fair. Like, some of the stuff that he does in the ring, it it isn't bad, apart from his punches that are so shit, and the character's awful, and he's prancing around all the time. But he is quite an athletic fella, to be fair. But this wasn't as good as I remember it was. It wasn't shit. It was probably a bit above average But I did get a little bit bored in the middle. Uh, But the ending I thought was pretty decent.
1: A couple of things there then. So first of all, I'm not sure Shane McMahon's athletic so much as just he's got no fear. He'll just do anything. Doesn't even like matter. Like I I, I think when you're standing from quite a height, to do the shooting star press, as hard as it might be, the main thing stopping you is going to be your mind not your body from <laughs> doing that movie mm. is you're going to be shit scared to do it he's just for some reason he's got no fear um, but he does
3: do it in a bit of, he, he does it he executes it quite well yeah of course to course is quite impressive as well um, yeah but like i said i think the biggest
1: impediment to anyone doing yeah. that is your mind stopping you like you i'm not jumping off that backwards and then you know flipping <clears> up back No, just now i'd never be able to do it but not because my body wouldn't be capable i'm sure it wouldn't but more because my body um, my mind sorry would override my wanting to do it yeah you said they got the bins out and i was gonna say i didn't see drew mcintyre or mm-hmm. neville anywhere near the <laughs> match um so there's that too i thought this was good i thought this was a good opener i i remember on the night thinking it was the best match when i watched it first time i remember thinking it was the best match i thought it was it was still very good i think i think that's pretty much entirely down to, to to aj styles i think he's just very very good and this is one of the matches that effectively made him he did become quite teflon in the eyes of wwe they really like got really really liked him basically and i think this is probably one of those one of those times the glowing terms in which jbl talks about him at the start said everything to me jbl just backs whoever wwe tell him to back and he absolutely you know talks him up a mass massively and it made me think already like they already are really high on him and maybe even have been a little apologetic to him that this is his match at WrestleMania um, because he's he's capable and clearly probably should have been given something bigger and better than Shane McMahon, but ultimately very, very decent. He worked wonders with something that I didn't think he'd be able to at the time, although this time I was kind of expecting it because obviously I've seen it before. Right, let's take a break there. We've covered about four of the ten matches on the show. We'll come back afterwards and uh, complete
0: it all. They're also, they're also the longest reigning tag champs they're, ever. They're coming down here, aren't they? Are they? I think they may be in this matchup. What? No. You can't just put yourself in matches when you're the host. Why not? Ladies and gentlemen, as your WrestleMania hosts, we must inform you that we have just received word. involved in this match now I wonder who this fourth team could possibly be
1: Okay, welcome back to the show. Now, after the AJ Styles, Shane McMahon match, going straight into it, no no, no mucking about. Video detailing Seth Rollins' career in WWE from the early days of FCW slash NXT and then The Shield. then the injury suffered in 2016. Sorry, no, I was wrong. We are mucking about. Byron Saxton then fluffs his lines when describing a YouTube sensation, then continues after Kevin Owens enters. Lily Sims, anybody?
2: Oh, I was looking at the wrong bit of my notes there, so I, I was completely confused. Uh yeah, no, sorry,
1: no. No, no clue that was. No. Then we had the hype video for Jericho and Owens. The festival of friendship with Jericho giving Owens gifts, and saying the last year has been one of his favourite times of his career. Kevin Owens giving Jericho a new list, the list of Kevin Owens and then attacking him. Owens says Jericho was never his best friend, just at tool. Jericho puts Owens on his list after telling everyone how he is Owens' idol. This leads to their match, Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho, a match that goes for 16 and a half minutes and it's for the US title. Jericho is the defending champion, but Owens gets the victory after he hits the powerbomb on the apron and pins Y2J. Alex?
3: Yeah, going back to the the video package, the Festival of Friendship, one of the best segments in Raw history. Absolutely fantastic. Just really funny And then the dark sinister twist at the end Brilliant stuff And then I have got a note about Why would Chris Jericho And I'm a, obviously I'm a big Chris Jericho fan Why would Chris Jericho interrupt Kevin Owens In order for him to lose the title When he's feuding with him Okay. Uh, didn't make any sense <laughs> surely if you're in a feud with one of the main champions you'd want to win that belt personally I think this should have been for the Universal title, I think it was going to be, uh, when I was looking at the Wikib- the Wikipedia page it was uh, Chris Jericho on the Broken Skull Sessions, when he was a member of AE- AEW and he came back said that that was one of the straws that the proverbial straw that brought the Camels back, uh, it was supposed to be him and Owens for the championship in the main event which would have made a lot more sense than Roman Reigns Undertaker, in my eyes, Vince McMahon changed his mind and he did understand why he changed his mind. But he so he wanted the match to go first as opposed to second on the card. But obviously, that went tits up. He was given the US title instead of the Universal title. But anyway. Will come on to the Universal I title can't, later I on
1: can't, I can't for a minute believe that was ever A main event of Wrestlemania
3: I know that Chris Jericho says well, it was
1: I just can't believe it just, It's just not believable <clears> to me
3: Well everything he says is gospel <laughs> No, <laughs> no I, I know what you mean But Whether it were a main event or not he, I don't know But I definitely he, think it should have been for the Universal title
1: Even if Jericho had been told It was going to be the main event I don't believe that anyone believed yeah. Then it would be. I don't believe anyone thought that's actually going to happen.
3: Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, Right. okay. my second plug. So as we were watching this, it was tea time in the uh, Alex and Joanna household and we had two pizzas. One of them, a bacon and cheeseburger stuffed crust with cheese pizza. And listen to this. It was called an absolute banger, which was pepperoni sausages. And it was a stuffed crust with hot dogs, from Aldi, three pound, absolutely, sensational they were, and <laughs> lovely, plug, so yeah, there's my plug for Aldi, I'm not going to get anything for that, but, honest to God, they were amazing, onto the match, love the Kevin Owens, WrestleMania t-shirts, absolutely love them, I thought the crowd, were quite quiet, but, I really enjoyed this match um, A lot better than I thought it was going to uh, That I thought it was going to Really hard hitting Loads of countering From each other's moves Now I think you've mentioned it before On on the podcast with regards to the Walls of Jericho Eric's kind of turned into a bit of a Boston crab And as I've been listening to the show In the car I've been I, I actually know the answer to this Because I've read his books This is what he says So where it, you know everything he says is gospel That apparently um, As he got older He found it more difficult To put on the Walls of Jericho As the opponents got bigger and heavier He just found it was more of a strain on his body Putting them in the position that they were in So that's why he changed it to a little bit more of a Boston Crab Unless it was like smaller people like Rey Mysterio and stuff like that So that is why it went from a Walls of Jericho Still Walls of Jericho But it went from more of a standing up Boston Crab To a normal Boston Crab Didn't know if you knew that or not Codebreaker with the one finger rope breaker for was really good and I love the win from the power bomb on the apron. it's really, such a protective finisher a really good match a lot better than I remembered and one other thing that sticks out in in with this is on the Kevin Owens documentary I don't know if you've seen it or not but this is the match where he goes where he, he approaches Vince in Gorilla and says are we good and Vince replies no and this is after the match and Kevin Owens stands there like he's a, a, a school child that's been told off by some sort of headmaster it is heartbreaking heartbreaking so you'll probably get the clip on youtube and it's worth watching your heart kind of goes out to kevin owens because I think it's us. I think it's a really, really good match, and again, a lot better than I remembered. Yeah, decent stuff.
1: So did they explain why. Was it because he didn't think the match was good? Is that why they? Not really... yeah.
3: He just didn't think the match was good. And then the, in the same documentary, when he fights, he fights AJ Styles. I think it's the SummerSlam, the fall uh, this year, and he does the same thing to him. He goes back to back to Vince. Says, did you enjoy it? And Vince goes, "Yeah, brilliant," and gives him a hug. I mean, I, I weren't a fan of the the Kevin the Kevin Owens AJ Styles feud when that started. I was so excited. And I thought it was a massive whimper I didn't think any of the matches were as good as they could have been But I thought this one is is Again, better than I remembered it I mean, it's not a classic It's not a classic by any stretch of the imagination But it's better than I thought it was going to be
1: It can't be a classic, it's got Chris Jericho at WrestleMania, mate
3: um, <laughs> Oh, come on
2: It's true unfortunately Chris Jericho in what was his 2017 is a baby face the crowd the crowd reaction to this said everything mm-hmm. anyone needs to know about the position of this match on the card this is a lower order Wrestlemania match sh- I don't think it should have been for the universal title and I think it was exactly where it needed to be on on the show because the crowd wasn't into it it was perfectly decent but Jericho wasn't over in, in a, a sufficient level to be a babyface challenger in 2017 because of his awful grating act I got a little bit of mandarin during this on the trusty LG app which which was nice and I haven't really got much else to say about this other than that oh I will have one one other point so going back to my original talking point about the length of the show I actually totted it up during this match and there's two hours and 19 minutes of bell-to-bell action in this in a five hour and four minute show so that's two hours 41 minutes of entrances and packages and backstage shenanigans it's just too much too much like you cut a load of that out you just don't need that much. But yeah, it, it, this was, this was okay.
1: Yeah, I thought this was okay. I thought it was okay too. I, I liked it. I thought it was above average. I, I enjoyed it, but I agree. I, I, I can't for a minute believe that this was ever as to my point before. I don't, I can't believe for anyone to anyone who was in a position to control what was the main event of the show thought this would be the main event of the show at any point. I just can't see it. And Like you said, Stephen, second match in and the crowd are apathetic to it. They're kind of they're not really interested in it, which says it all, which is a real shame because I I said not watching WWE at this time very much other than WrestleMania had heard a lot about their story, their partnership, the fact that they were over, the fact that they did the festival of friendship, all of that stuff. So I understood it to be something that was going to get a big reaction, but it didn't. And I think it sort of speaks to maybe just who you're seeing or hearing things from in terms of the prism of who you're who it is that's saying those things about an act. And I think when you're listening to seasoned or long term or whatever you want to call them fans of wrestling, they aren't necessarily a great gauge of what's actually seeping through into like the general consciousness you know that it, i i've talked about loads of times with the cm punk pipe bomb promo like regardless of how good we all thought that was that wasn't a commercial success in any way it wasn't like that year SummerSlam didn't even do as good a buy rate as the previous or the at uh, the year after's pay-per-view summer SummerSlam pay-per-view buy rate and the money in the bank itself didn't do a great pay-per-view buy rate you know so i don't think they're a great gauge and i think that's what came across here is that lots and lots of people who were really into wrestling really thought this was great probably because they like jericho and then i go in as two people that are talented individuals who have got a high reputation for being great in the
3: ring but
1: wasn't necessarily cutting through on a, on a wider basis
3: just to play devil's advocate a little bit do you think that the crowd didn't care because the company didn't really care because from memory and i'll I'll probably have to go back and watch kevin owens i thought was over as a universal champion he was the universal champion when there was the, the turn for the festival of friendship and then all of a sudden loses the belt to goldberg which was the majority of people thought it was ridiculous and then just made it for the u.s title and do you not do you think that people were just like well i'm not asked about this it would It probably would have been a bit more arsed if there was a bit higher stakes like the Universal title or what. I mean, I don't know. I'm just playing devil's advocate. No,
1: I I I think I think that's I think that's actually a really good point. You know, I do think that just the placement on the show does speak volumes. That's part of the presentation. Right. You know, I've always I've always been a massive critic of any. Like, I really hated one of the big things I really hated about TNA in their later years. Well, I say later years, they're still going, but in their, the later years of their reasonably successful period was the number of times someone like AG Styles would return, but they'd return completely unannounced in a match on an, a, a, just a random episode of Impact. You're like, well, you've already defined them down just by the way you've brought them back. Just by not advertising them ahead of time, you've already defined them down. Because you aren't making a big deal of the fact that they've come back, it's really very simple. So putting this second match, you're probably right. It certainly is going to make people think a little differently about it. And there's no doubt about the fact that people were quite strong, had quite strong feelings about the fact that Owen should not have lost to Goldberg, because Goldberg feels the brunt of that later in the show. So yeah, that's a very fair point. I do think that's a very fair. <coughs> counter to a lot of those points.
2: I, I agree with that. I although I think you would get you would have had more interest, but I actually think Jericho's I don't dislike Jericho. Like I I think Jericho's still got some value now. But I think Jericho's end of twenty seventeen into twenty eighteen character when he challenged Kenny Omega in New Japan was night and day superior to Chris Jericho, the baby face in spring 2017. And I I think you'd always have had some difficulties with him in that role, I think.
1: I don't think he's ever really been a really hugely over baby face, to be perfectly honest with you mm. I, I think there have been a number of times where I've, I've commented on that in the past one thing i will say in terms of the past you can listen to our review of Fastlane 2017 it is like the sixth or seventh episode we ever did and it is in the archive so you can listen to that and get all of our thoughts on what on the main event kevin owens and bill goldberg there so i'm giving that a 10 i think do <laughs> yeah okay so we're gonna get another hype video this one is Sasha winning the women's title, then uh, Banks and Charlotte Flair fighting in a hell in a cell and a force count anywhere and an Iron Woman match during their series over the previous year, with Charlotte Flair coming out on top, but then being interrupted by Bailey's debut, and then Flair losing to Bailey with the help of Sasha. Once again, that was at Fastlane. Sasha challenging Bailey to a title match, Flair and Nia Jax also staking their claims, and the result a fatal four way match. That's next, Bailey defending Charlotte Flair, Nia N- Jackson, Sasha Banks in a four-way elimination match. We've at least got the fact that it's elimination. And it ends after just under thirteen minutes when Bailey hits a top rope elbow and pins Charlotte Flair to retain. Afterwards, Bailey does look genuinely emotional. Having had her big WrestleMania moment,
2: Steven. I remember Bailey being really over in the run up to WrestleMania, but I, and I just can't understand to this day why this wasn't the big win. Why was this not the big title win? And I think that that hurt this so much. I really loved Bailey's old music, and I'd forgotten quite how much. In fact, I even had that as my alarm music for a little while. My alarm music. <laughs> for anyone that's interested now, is Kenny Omega's AEW theme. Sasha's old song pre-remix was really great as well. There were a couple of good spots once they got rid of Naya, a really great, that man again, Kenny Omega, light dive from Banks over the top rope and also a superb corkscrew moonsault from Charlotte. But nothing could get this crowd that heavily into this match. And I think, again, it's the booking. Um, Bailey going for the title was so obvious. The finish on Sasha with the push into the turnbuckle that wasn't pulled off was confusing in the moment. It looked really, really bad watching this again. Uh, and the elbow drop defeat of Charlotte was so flat as well, just underwhelming underwhelming underwhelming
3: yeah i think the, the thing that hampers this match for me is bailey because going back to the video package you've got the sasha bank charlotte flair, charlotte flair feud which was absolutely amazing the matches were fantastic and the hot potato of the title which i'm not a big fan of but i actually it worked for that feud and then also in the video package now you so bailey's the champion and then Nia Jax is pinning the champion before the match on some episode of Raw. And then the entrances. I mean, looking back on Bailey's music and and things like that, I, I did, you know, I always kind of thought quite fondly of it. But I just think that she looked ridiculous. The 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 costume she was wearing just looked stupid. Her entrance was the fact that her entrance is first and she's the champion. Ridiculous. A treatment of her in the video packages is. is just nonsense, and the music. I just think it made her look silly. And she's the champion, and compared to the other three, she looks massively insignificant to them. And then obviously N- Nia Jax comes out. She's got shit music. She does have a presence because of her size, and and but you know she's she's shit in the ring anyway. Charlotte's entrance. I've always hated Charlotte's entrance, and the thing that I hate about it is when she does the flipping over outside at the, and inside the ring. They just think just 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 walk to the ring, just walk normally into the ring, and it, you just. It, 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 I just think it makes a lot better. As, just, as
1: Matt, as Matt, as Matt, what's going on? on? Uh, yeah, probably, like, he's like, probably. He's like doesn't like fans this week. About miserable. No, miserable.
3: I, I don't. Matter. Do you know what? If Bailey was doing flipping flips, then fair enough. But Charlotte Flair is supposed to be this kind of god of women's wrestling. And she's doing some shit flip outside the ring. Just walk to the ring with class and style and just get <laughs> like like your dad did. Do you know what I mean? Like, He'd probably like, do a flip if you could, he could do. He didn't. He, he will not do a flip. No chance. I'll tell you what I really liked about the match. I liked the three-on-one strategy at the beginning. Thought that was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant because it makes sense. Nia Jax, the biggest woman in there. Let's team up and let's get rid of her. Fantastic. But then they should have carried on with that. Because after that, the baby faces, Charlotte leaves the ring and the baby faces fight. The baby faces should be all oh, right, hang on, let's team up together, let's get rid of Charlotte. And that's what they should have done. Not get rid of Charlotte, but they could have teamed up and failed and Charlotte could have pinned Banks. But I just think that would have been better. So the the, the first part of it, I really enjoyed that with with regards to the strategy. But then I I didn't really enjoy the the next part. Yeah, nothing much after that. Nothing much after that. And I just, I think the presentation of Bailey, who's the champion, was poor, really poor.
1: Well, for me, this was three for three. I was, again, up on this. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really good match. I really enjoyed the dives. I really enjoyed the stuff they did pretty much throughout. I mean, I'm quite glad that Charlotte hasn't taken too much out of her father's repertoire. Otherwise, she'd be crying and bleeding on the way to the ring. So that's uh, (laughs) definitely a good thing. What I don't like, and this is a serial problem that the women have, unfortunately, and it's not their fault. It's WWE's is that they keep fucking saddling them with multi-person matches like fucking come on. like There's no point at which it's more egregious than in a couple of years time. But we'll get there. But here, like, first of all, Nia Jax has no place in this. So even if you want it to be a person, a, a you know, a three way match, fuck off Nia Jax. There's no need to have Nia Jax in this match. But I, you know, I I agree with you, Stephen. Let's just have Charlotte Flair versus Bailey. Charlotte Flair going in as champion, defending mm-hmm. the belt against Bailey, and having Bailey win the match. You can portray, you can all the stuff, Alex. You talked about where you think that she's being portrayed as silly and whatever. You can do that because she can play the underdog one on one against Charlotte Flair, no problem at all. Going in as champion is much harder to play the underdog, and people don't respond to it as well. We've seen it with when Rey Mysterio was champion; it just doesn't work very well. So that's the big bugbear for me. This could have been the first of many one-on-one matches. And I, it's why I'm, and when we did our fantasy booking for WrestleMania 4, it's why I'm so passionate about them having Bianca Belair run through these big name opponents like they seem to be doing. You know, obviously she's had Sasha Banks, she's had Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair for me should be next. And then Rhea Ripley, you know, but don't give them, don't don't give us Bianca Belair, Charlotte Ripley, uh, Charlotte, Ripley Charlotte Flair. Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler in a four-way match. Cause that just almost basically wipes them all off before you even got to them as singles matches. And they could have been doing that with these these amazing women and they just didn't. But I still liked it. I still thought it was a really decent match. Uh, I I I've always been I've had a soft spot for Bailey as well. I just think she's great. I think she's always been really, really good. I thought the, the character that she had at the time was brilliant. And I think maybe the problem more so on the main roster is that they didn't do enough telling that story of bailey striving to get to the big prize which they did masterfully on nxt and it took them a long time to get there and she had to wait and she had to let almost like she had to let everyone else have the spotlight first and then they gave her the spotlight but plus she was super over and i think if she's super over and she comes out with that entrance no one's complaining because it's just it's great it just is almost joyous when she does it but when it's played before relative apathy it doesn't doesn't work We then get the video package documenting the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, uh, the 2017 class, our Diamond Dallas Page, Rock and Roll Express, Teddy Long, Rick Rude, Beth Phoenix, Eric LeGrand, who is the Warrior Award winner, and Kurt Angle. Then we get the hall of fame class introduced to the live crowd or oh, one thing i did like about the hall of fame induction ceremony highlights was rick rude's son doing rick rude's pre-match routine and sounding and carrying himself as if he was his father like it just sounded and looked like he was rick rude it was just great i was like wow you have got that down perfectly it was so good then the crowd are introduced to them by greg hamilton not Fink anymore that about to the lifeguard i don't know if he i mean maybe he wasn't well maybe you know maybe he wasn't in good health
3: one thing i didn't like about the hall of fame was the the milk at the end with kurt angles thought <laughs> i just thought it made him look stupid and and i think from when he come back after that hall of fame i think he, he's announced as a general manager the night after i think they really took the piss out of him in that run like this is kurt angle and i just thought they just completely took the piss out of him <laughs>
1: Alex, you said that this is Kurt angle, as if you were Gary Neville saying Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! This is Manchester
3: United. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. No, um, yeah, just but yeah, it just it, 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 that's it. Just come across as they just took totally the piss out of him, it? and it to me it starts with that the, the pouring the milk over him at the end just didn't. I just thought it looked stupid.
1: His whole thing when he came back and his Hall of Fame speech was all about taking the mick out of himself, and I felt like he un, he undervalued. And maybe with good reason, because obviously he had problems with, you know, painkillers for a long time before he left WWE and then after. And maybe he just thought that the more serious part of his career was not a time he cared to remember too much or maybe can't remember very much. I don't know, because he just seemed to overplay the, the daft Kurt Angle much more than he needed to. Not to say that wasn't successful, very over, but there were other parts of his career that were... Which, where he did amazing work. So it's a uh, mm. shame that he didn't perhaps highlight that as much. Backstage, Seth Rollins is having his knee taped up. We are still mucking about. Uh, Enzo More and Big Cass do the pre-match shtick for the ladder match, which we didn't talk about earlier on, but they did their pre-match stick. One thing I will say on Enzo, I agree with you, Alex. I liked them. At the time, I thought they were good, and they were massively over. They were hugely over in a way that I think they just – basically, that pre-match stick just – it's just that Attitude Era vibes in that it, here's, a, here's, a, here's somebody you can send out on Raw for a five minute nothing match. But people will be interested and will be up for it just because they do their pre-match thing. Then we get that t- tag team ladder match. Then we have another. Uh, oh, no. Then we have a big fire at display to celebrate the Harley's victory. And then Jimmy Fallon is shown in the crowd. Exciting. Then we have <laughs> <laughs> then we have another hype video. Um, Maurice cutting a promo on John Cena and slapping him. Nikki Bella running out to join Cena. Footage from Total Divas and the Miz and Maurice doing a parody of it, which was brilliant, by the way. Cena telling Nikki that he doesn't want to get married or have children. Miz saying that John Cena is jealous of, of him and Nikki is jealous of Maurice because she will never be married. Dot, dot, dot. Jerry Lawler is then introduced as a guest commentator for the next match, which tells you all about about how much you need to bear this in mind as a serious contest. And Al Rooker is the guest ring announcer. He says the crowd can call him Chocolate Thunder. (laughs) Fair enough. That is all preceding the mixed tag team match, John Cena and Nikki Bella against Maurice and Miz. A match that nearly goes 10 minutes and it ends when Cena and Nikki perform a double five knuckle shuffle. Cena hits the AA, Nikki hits the rack attack, and they pin their opponents.
3: Alex. Yeah, the, the Divas parody is fantastic in it. Really, really good. And the In the video package, I really didn't like the firing blanks line where John Cena was insinuating that Miz was firing blanks. I don't know why I just didn't like it. It just seemed a bit cheap, and I'm not a big fan of kind of making a mockery of stuff that affects people like that. So, I, yeah, it just didn't really sit well with me, and it just made it seem like a heel for me, personally. It's
2: another reason why he's hunk of the year, isn't he? So sensitive, <laughs> and just lovely, yeah, I am, lovely, yeah, lovely, I am lovely quite man. a sensitive
3: guy, yeah.
1: I am quite a sensitive Sensitive, guy. attractive, Great. Oh, He's got oh, guy, the whole package.
2: Huge cock, oh, you know, he's you can't <laughs> like... <laughs> Don't know about that.
3: <laughs> Don't know about that. Moving <laughs> swiftly on. I, I, when you said earlier, Ben, about the entrance ramp being really long, I love it when John Cena looks at the camera and says, this is going to be a long run for <laughs> fantastic. It was like he was dreading it. And it was like, here we go. But yeah, I love that part. The match is rubbish. The match is really poor. With The, the best thing about it is Maurice's hair, because it's absolutely wild. Um, there's no stopping it in that wind. She was trying to hold it back, and it was like no. It was like some sort of slow motion video. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. Potential to be MVP in Maurice's hair. Miz doing a lot of pausing for a heel, uh, and the crowd are cheering him on, and he's playing up to it. And I think he just gets carried away with himself. And I said this about I think it was a WrestleMania 29. It's one of the only. It's one of the probably the only good thing that I like about Baron Corbin, that if this was the Baron Corbin, I mean, it probably won't be because no one's cheering him. He would kind of rein it in and he would start becoming more of a heel. I just think Miz just got carried away a little bit. Uh, JBL calling Jerry Jerry the King Lawler out when he says the majority of the crowd aren't cheering for the Miz and JBL calls him out, which I quite enjoyed. Nicky's slap on the Miz's miles better than Maurice's slap on Cena. Uh, Cena and Nicky just seem so fake. And the Miz and just seem really genuine. Um, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, I've just won oh my god, a really shit match, a really shit match. <laughs> are we talking about the aftermath or awaiting?
2: I want. I've got so much on this. I've got. So, I've never taken more notes about anything in my life. So are we, what are we doing? What are we doing? Someone tag me in. <laughs> go on, Stephen, you go. Well, it, are we talking on. about
3: the proposal or are we waiting till after the match? Oh, I forgot about that. I completely forgot about the proposal. I can't oh, be quite yeah. honest with you. This is the main event, This Miss. You're, you're, <laughs> you're,
1: apparently so, yeah. All right, I'll very quickly say after the match, Cena gets the microphone and tells Nikki that after breaking her neck last year, she uh, before she went into surgery, she said she would have a moment where she wouldn't know what was going on and she wouldn't be able to remember it. He says that um, she said she wanted to come back and have a WrestleMania moment after that. Uh, surgery and he says he's proud of her he then says that when she was loopy uh, after before the operation he he asked her to marry him or it said something to the effect of i'm gonna marry you or something and then asked and then she said yes she would want to marry him and then she he asks her to marry him again there are some screams from a few people from ringside when they see the ring and then hug and kiss (sighs) Stephen, why don't you talk about that bit or i mean whatever you want to talk about
2: As as you can just tell from what I suggested Alex may uh, may be packing, I'm not usually prudish about thinking about another man's special boy's place. But Maurice describing John Cena's uh, penis as small in the pre-match video hit me in a way that I didn't expect. I don't think we should be thinking about John Cena's penis given he's kind of a superhero character aimed at kids and all that sort of stuff. And just remember... They had AJ Styles lose the title to John Cena, only for John Cena to drop it during his 16th title reign in an Elimination uh, elimination Chamber in a, sorry, the elimination chamber match, just so we could get this shit at WrestleMania and Orton versus Wyatt uh, later on, which we'll, we'll, t- we'll get to. And what a booking masterclass this was from Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And while some of you may think the K stands for Kennedy, it actually stands for cunt. Um, Cena <laughs> said in the preview... <laughs> <laughs> that he didn't he said he didn't see himself wanting to get married or have kids a sentiment i would absolutely share if i had his bank account it would be all about fondsing it up until i turned about 80 and then marrying someone at least 40 years my junior for company and help during my twilight years basically push me around in my wheelchair and wipe my bum bum for me please that said <laughs> that said nikki bella she's a big nosed brunette so let's be honest I'd walk over hot coals barefoot for eight hours just to sniff a single strand of her hair on the floor of a salon (laughs) she'd been in a week earlier. Um, Alex, you talked about Maurice's hair. I thought the best thing about this match was Miz's hair because it all became unpositioned and he looked like a classic 1990s boy band member with curtains. Nikki and John did a double pin and Lawler shouted a double count out. It definitely wasn't that. Uh, John Cena did the thing a lot of guys on TV do next. He said a load of emotional and heartfelt stuff that makes all the rest of us look bad. Stupid arsehole. As you mentioned Ben, he also said about uh, he'd asked Nikki for something when she was out of it before surgery and knew he'd get an honest answer and that she wouldn't remember and he led us to believe it was something to do with marrying her but I have it on good authority from a reliable ear witness at the hotel at the hotel at the hospital that it was actually a very unsavoury inquiry regarding Brie and apparently John Cena has a very similar ultimate fantasy as Gareth Keenan and alas this (laughs) lovely couple didn't quite make it down the aisle and for that I think we shall be very very sad
0: that was amazing.
3: So amazing. That
1: last thing you said about Bree and everything—you said it was such. You were so dry with it. I'm assuming it's true. I mean, what?
2: what? No, I don't think true. Do you know what I mean? The Gareth Keenan Ultimate Fancy. You must yeah, be an yeah. office fan, Ben.
1: I I know what you meant, but yes, yeah. I just yeah, I just wondered if that was. I don't know something
2: else. Because obviously <laughs> it's in the WrestleMania. It's in your book, isn't it? The reality oh, yeah, is in the probably. back, yeah.
1: Yeah, probably. It, it, to be honest, it, it, just because they didn't get married, did they? So I figured maybe no. there was something that was revealed on Total Divas later on that <laughs> showed this to be <laughs> the case. I don't. Know.
2: That'd be amazing if true. It'd be <laughs> like do you remember Caroline and was it Caroline and Christina or Lessie ne- in yeah, Neighbours? Yeah, Yeah. When Paul Robinson kissed the wrong one, it's oh, it was a mistake. Yeah, yeah, Paul. We know what you were doing
1: this wasn't exactly randy and elizabeth was it let's no be, it was let's not be honest aside from anything else the fans would just boo the shit out of them <laughs> for mm. most of it plus they're not like you said you don't really want to be thinking about that when it comes to john cena but it's impossible again like there's something almost sexless about savage and elizabeth in terms of their presentation Do you know oh
2: 100 I mean? it's completely
1: yeah. like childlike yeah. love exactly like th- kelly whereas this is this is obviously not. It's the complete opposite. And obviously, you've seen all the stuff on Total Divas and goodness knows what else. So it's just entirely a different proposition in general. And uh, I don't really care about the match, to be honest. I, I I believe strongly that every WrestleMania now should have a mixed tag match. I, I don't care if that makes me an idiot. I, I think they should all have a mixed tag just for the variety. And this was a big enough couple of wrestlers to do the mixed tag match with fine Obviously, Cena wanted to do it, I assume, because he wanted to do it for Nikki. I guess that's the only reason this match happened, is because Cena wanted to do this something special for Nikki. And I guess also it was a, a pretty decent thing to cover on Total Divas or possibly Total Bellas if they had the um, spin-off show by this point. That's all I've got to say about it, really.
3: The, the best thing about the proposal part was the fellow in the front row with the T-shirt, the the Matt Middle T-shirt that looked like a Budweiser label. That was the best thing about the proposal part. It was cracking that T-shirt. Just seemed really fake, really fake, really scripted. I don't know it's going to be, but it, it just, everything about it. Nick's emotions were fake. Even the ring looked fake. The ring looked like one of them <laughs> ring pops that you got when you were a kid. Terrible, and bar a small portion of the crowd, nobody cared. Nobody could care less.
1: There is something about John Cena where I, I don't, th- I think he struggles to pull off Ernest. I think he really struggles to do. It. I don't think he pulls it off very well. I think it just always comes across as really scripted and hokey. Moving on from the uh, the the undoubted highlight, Stevens' night. Anyway, <laughs> we have another hype video. Triple H this time saying he plucked from exp- uh, obscurity and made Seth Rollins a star. Says all Rollins had to do was hold up his end of the bargain, but he couldn't do it when he got himself injured. Rollins saying that Triple H chose to bet against him, then challenging Triple H on NXT and Triple H having Rollins taken away by security. Steph telling Rollins that Triple H is scared of becoming the guy that destroys rather than the creator. All set to a Metallica song, which I thought was a Metallica song, but I didn't know. And I was like, it sounds like Metallica, but it does seem pretty forgettable for a Metallica song. So I was quite surprised by the fact when I found out it was actually Metallica. This is all before Triple H versus Seth Rollins. 27 six minute match non-sanctioned anything goes apparently and this ends when rollins superkicks triple h into steph on the apron who falls off through a table and then rollins hits the pedigree for the victory steven
2: triple h had a police escort with him for absolutely no earthly reason uh seth rollins big big fan of the olympics and he had the baton for the tokyo olympics <laughs> with him on this uh, on this night i got up about halfway through this uh, match for a wee no one was in the house. But I remarked out loud, I can't believe there are two hours and 10 minutes of this shit left. I don't believe the wrestling in this was bad. It was it's OK, but the, the, the crowd just wasn't interested in it. It was in front of complete silence on the night. I remember thinking this was quite good, but the crowd's not into it. But I kind of didn't think that anymore. Um I think Seth had been messed about a bit in, in the booking postage return and he just wasn't as hot anymore. And that played into it. But. Probably what did more so was going so long in what was positioned as supposed to be like a non-sanctioned grudge match. I'm not a big proponent of a lot of what Tony Khan does, but you could imagine this match in AEW. This is, they're both bleeding inside five minutes. They're using every gimmick in the book. And at least that would have made this more of a spectacle. Um, And even the big Rollins pedigree kick out got very little response. And the only thing people did like was Stephanie going to a table. And uh, unfortunately, this is another in the long list of Triple H misses at WrestleMania. Just, yeah, not good.
1: Well, he couldn't do that, could he? couldn't do what you described because that would be against what Triple H does. He yeah, He's so I know. determined to have yeah. a, a serious wrestling match at WrestleMania, and they just get worse and worse. <laughs> Alex?
3: The the video package, I loved the, the takeover thing where Seth Rollins jumps into the ring to call Triple H out. Uh, again, just made it a bit different, made it a bit real. And I thought, it, in terms of the story, I thought it was, it was quite excellent. I can kind of see past... Seth Rollins all of a sudden becoming a heel just because Triple H betrayed him. I can, I can kind of see past that. And the stipulation with regards to uh, what was going on in the feud, actually, I thought made sense. The entrances, I think I must be the only person who actually loves a Triple H entrance at WrestleMania. Uh, I always look forward to it just to see what he's going to do. I thought this one was a bit tame. Uh, and for the second office reference of the um, of the night... When he revved the engine, I thought of the bit when he says, oh, you're hard showing off when he's revving the engine. And Seth Rollins' entrance was a bit rubbish compared to Triple H's, even though that was quite tame. However, the torch was the wind was desperately trying to get the flames out on that torch. And it wasn't it wasn't quitting. There was no quitting that torch. So that could be the second potential MVP. The torch that Seth Rollins had in the entrance. They said in the match that Seth Rollins had the flu. Looking on Wikipedia, I don't know whether this was part of the story or whether this was true or not. If this is true, then fair play to the lad. Because he puts a shift in in this match. He puts an absolute shift in. Good start outside the ring. And again, I love I love it when wrestlers sell, especially when they're selling legs. And I thought his selling of the leg was fantastic. When Triple H jumps on the leg when it's kind of propped up against the commentary desk, thought looked absolutely fantastic. So devastating, but quite safe. And I thought that looked amazing. But the match is going on too long now. Surprise, surprise. Stephanie taking a table bump and then a pedigree to win Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins wins. Now, I can't believe I'm actually going to say this, but I think Triple H should have won this match. I think it would have made more sense. Seth Rollins is severely injured so realistically he can't win this match and i he won't have lost anything by losing it and it could have not that i probably would have wanted to see it but it could have built to a Summerslam rematch of some description it was average at best and again it's too long but this is triple h after all
1: yeah despite what i've said i actually quite like this as well (laughs) not loved it like i wouldn't say i loved any of these matches but again i quite liked it i thought it was a decent standard of match they just did enough of the hardcore if you like stuff that it that it wasn't quite the snooze fest of Triple H that you sniff the Triple H usually serves up and on the whole I was pretty positive about this in the main I think there is an attempt at this show to get the next general and some of the next generation to be the stalwarts of WrestleMania going forward they needed to do it we' as I've said before, and you've brought up this time, Alex, so many are aging veterans, part-timers on this show, but they do litter throughout Seth Rollins' victory, Roman Reigns' victory. Obviously earlier in the show, Kevin Owens and A.J. Styles get their victories. They're like it's like they're trying to, to do that in some ways. And that can be a good reason to have those aging veterans mixed in with the with the younger stars. That absolutely works well. But I'm not sure I did a lot for Seth Rollins. I generally don't like Seth Rollins. Obviously this is the year where I'm he's my figure of hate. And unlike Chris Jericho in twenty twenty one and Edge in twenty twenty two, I haven't softened at all on that. Now that's partly because we haven't seen a lot of Seth Rollins. I just have never been convinced by him as a he's fine. He's fine in the ring. That's that's all well and good. But I just don't care about him at all. In any way. I don't dislike him. I don't like him. I just find him nothing i just find him completely nothing and even down to something as simple as what he wore for this show you know seth rollins had previously been mainly just wearing black when he was a sort of coming out of the shield and being the architect and all the rest of it when he started adding kind of garish colors to his outfit and now he's a baby face as well even just down to that I just like it's not it just doesn't really work it just makes you look a little bit too flash and Flash isn't really a, a, a characteristic associated with a baby face unless you are super cool. And he's just not. So yeah, it's never really worked for me, Seth Rollins.
3: No, I'm not a big Seth Rollins guy at all. He's all right. He, he, you know, he's OK. And um, I can't stand his laughing that he does. Now, I like the Messiah gimmick that he did. I thought I was pretty decent. And especially when he got the authors a pain. And I'm going to say Buddy Rogers. It's not Buddy Rogers. <laughs> Buddy <laughs> Matthews buddy roberts uh, that,
2: but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. buddy roberts Bloody,
3: anyway buddy when roberts. they had them following i thought that was pretty decent and and like i said if he was 100 percent fit in the k world and triple h1 had have gone mental but it's the fact that he's severely injured and i and I, I i know it's a bit of a stupid thing to say for wrestling but i like a bit of realism and also in a in a in a real fight if he's that injured Triple H should be beating him, and that's why I think he should have won. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, I'm not a massive fan of Seth Rollins.
1: So then we get some more hype video. There's about 45 minutes worth of hype video on this show. This one is voiced over by Bray Wyatt, and it's got the Wyatt family taking Randy Orton out, Orton joining the Wyatts, saying if you can't beat them, join them. Orton winning the Rumble, Wyatt winning the Elimination Chamber, Orton saying that he won't face Wyatt. And sort of showing his loyalty to the Wyatt family. Wyatt giving Orton the keys to the castle. The castle turning out to being a shed in the middle of of nowhere that seems to possibly be be Sister Abigail. Maybe not. Don't really know. Orton burning down the shed and Sister Abigail, question mark. Don't know. Maybe Wyatt saying he's been born again with Abigail inside him. (laughs) <laughs> um Morton promising to take a stake and drive it into the heart of Abigail do they mean the move that Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt does or do they mean is there something else that's sister Abigail is the is the shed sister Abigail is there's a sister Abigail that's a woman somewhere I don't know none of these things have ever been answered as far as I'm concerned but that was all in the video they then have a 10 and a half minute match which ends when Orton hits an RKO from out of
3: nowhere and pins Wyatt. Ah, uh, now I'm just going to read something, and it's from it's from Wikipedia. Bit of a cheat, but I'm going to read it, and this just sums up the state of the booking in this company. Okay, so at the Royal Rumble, SmackDown's Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble match, earning the championship match. The Elimination Chamber, Bray Wyatt wins the championship as a devoted Wyatt family member or relinquishes his champion opportunity. Now, why the fucking hell would anyone want to do that is beyond me. Listen to this. So SmackDown, and I forgot all about this. SmackDown general manager Daniel Bryan then scheduled a battle royal to determine Wyatt, Wyatt's WrestleMania challenge. And it ended in a draw when both AJ Styles and Luke Harper hit the ground at the same time. Styles then defeated Harper the following week to earn the title match. And at the conclusion of the episode, Randy Orton restated his intentions to challenge Wyatt for the title. So he's changed his mind. He's changed his mind now. And then a number one contenders match between Orton and Styles was scheduled in which Orton won. What a waste of fucking time. That is the build for the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania. An absolute fucking disgrace. Anyway, that being said, video package. Too many snakes in this video package for my liking absolutely (laughs) petrified of snakes burn the spirit of sister abigail what the fuck is that about didn't like the viper in the story uh, viper in the family storyline and when you mentioned that about sister abigail i immediately went back to i can't remember what year it was tlc and it's when finn balor was feuding with bray wyatt and he was supposed to be having a match against Sister Abigail and Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt got ill from some sort of viral infection, or something, and couldn't show couldn't. Couldn't do the show So Finn Balor fought AJ Styles And Kurt Angle uh, Wrestled With The Shield And there's part of me Very curious As to what they were Going to do With regards to that Whether Bray Wyatt Was going to come out Dressed as Sister Abigail It would have been Probably awful To watch like a car crash You don't want to watch it But you have to watch it Anyway Entrances Love Bray Wyatt's music And I did You know I, I did get a, a Bit of a feeling Of sadness When he come out I think That he was Something special Bray Wyatt and I thought he was extremely creative and I don't think he was allowed to, tr- to truly meet his potential every idea that he had I don't think was ever let he, he, he was ever allowed to fully explore it for whatever reason and he never recovered from when he lost to Cena at Wrestlemania 30 and he shouldn't have lost to Cena but he never recovered from that and I mentioned when I did my fantasy booking and I did my hall of fame I put him in and I think Matt did a bit of a a bit of a funny face but i think do you know what he's gonna go in it at some point so put him in it just put him in it let you know let's kind of celebrate his short life that he had and do it you know shortly after his passing really really sad really 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 sad uh yeah i think he was so special just never met his full potential for whatever reason and then bringing everything down a little bit randy orton there's the sperm There's the sperm down the entrance ramp that Tom was, I think it was Tom was talking about in a previous show. It's shit. It's absolutely shit. But it's not the shittest thing in the match. So the match itself, maggots, what the hell is that about? Worms, what the hell is that about? Absolutely pointless. Just pointless, which I'll come on to a bit later. Really boring. Crowd are completely silent. People kicking out of finishers like the normal moves. It happens all the time now. Cockroaches, what the hell is that? And it didn't work, did it? Didn't work. A complete joke. RKO out of nowhere for an anticlimactic win. And again, it just makes Bray Wyatt look really weak and really stupid that he's trying these things, these projections on the ring as a bit of a, a, a mind game. And it's crap. It is crap, but it would have made more sense if he'd won. Like not much more sense It would have made more sense if he won And he's dropped the title to another older wrestler It just made Grey White look stupid The match was shit, the match was boring The build up, the feud was boring It just, crap, crap
1: That's rant number 7,
3: over Mm. Stephen
2: in the summer of 2018, I walked out of Morden tube station. Morden, for our listeners, not in the south of London, is the southernmost stop on the northern line. It's it's OK. It's It's got, you know, it's got some good points and it's bad points. It's got a lovely Irish bar called Ganley's, which is particularly nice if you're coming back from a football away day for a little drink before you get a Uber home. It's also got a Wimpy. You don't get too many Wimpies these days. And I turned left out of Morden and I walked towards Wimpy and I saw a man pull down his... Tra- uh, tracksuit bottoms and take a shit on the floor uh, just on the floor i screamed i couldn't believe it. it's one of those things you couldn't believe your eyes and that was not as bad as watching this this was the worst <laughs> thing i've ever seen in my life beyond dreadful in any match these shenanigans would be awful but in a contest at wrestlemania for the wwe championship this is holy ground the title that had been around for nearly 55 years at that point the sam martino and hogan and hart and austin and cena and more had all worked so hard to be the centerpiece of this promotion this was a disgrace a disgrace a disgrace a disgrace unforgivable and i've wasted too much of my time in my life watching this match twice and i can't devote any more time to talking about it and i just want this out of my brain and i don't ever want to think about it ever again
1: Wow! strong, another rant. You know, rant counts going up and up and up. But I, you know what? For me, it just chills me out when other people are running. It just makes me completely <laughs> chill
0: out.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's not very good, is it? Let's be honest. It's the worst thing on the show, definitely. Even just down to the finish. The finish is just like, oh, okay, there we go. This is the bad side of the RKO out of nowhere. Just <clears throat> completely anticlimactic. Yeah, the the projections on the ring what do you say about that i can i'd forgotten actually before you started writing about it, so this is what this contained i mean when you want realism that's got to be a cardinal sin sin right like i can i can lose myself in this until it becomes unexplainable and it's like okay so we know it's we know what we do know for definite right is we know it's not supernatural <laughs> it's yeah. not like the undertaker bringing lightning down which is really weird, we can see clearly this is just a projection onto a canvas. Anybody who's been to school knows what a projection onto a canvas is. That's quite simple. So there's no mysteriousness about this. There's no supernaturalness about this. It's just a projection. So then what you're led to thinking is how is Bray Wyatt controlling that from his position as a wrestler? I don't know. I don't think there's any explanation for it. And that's what makes it really, really shit. Aside from the fact that also, as you said, Alex, it has no bearing on the outcome of the match because Orton wins. (laughs) (laughs) It's stupid. In every way, it's stupid. I want to address, Alex, what you said about Wyatt because obviously, you know, obviously you're right. It's, you know, it's... It's awful that his life's coming to an end so early. And I agree with you as well. Had he won at WrestleMania, we might be talking, at WrestleMania 30, we might be talking about something different because he was different. He felt different. His presentation was different. He looked different because he had a different shaped body to everybody else which is such an underrated part of what makes wrestlers interesting and everybody looks the same in 2023 every single wrestler is anybody looks exactly the same. there's like two or three body types you're allowed to be in in major league wrestling these days Once upon a time, there were multiple different types of body type and it was much more interesting when there was. And Bray Wyatt had a different body type. and It made him interesting. His character made him interesting. The way he delivered his promos were interesting. The problem was, is that there was nothing underneath the surface of the Bray Wyatt character. So when it got to the point of him needing to fall back on that character to get himself over again, there was nothing there. He then, after WrestleMania theory kept coming out on Raw and just cutting promos. That meant nothing They were just mysterious But they didn't mean anything no, There was no clues to look into To kind of interest the, the fans or anything The Sister Abigail thing meant nothing I still don't know Is it a hut? Is it a person? Is it a chair? What the fuck is Sister Abigail? Is it a move? Because he does the move in the match And they call it the Sister Abigail in the match He just basically became a general, general mystery That's basically what it was They didn't ever explain anything They didn't ever try to build Build on anything. They didn't try to explore it in any way. It was just, oh, here's this mysterious guy and we're going to make him do mysterious things. And that's it. I think he had something. I don't know if it was, I want to go back on that bit. I don't know if it's special, but he did have something. He had some talent. But in amongst all of the nonsense with this character and then the allied to that, the really poor booking throughout that period it just got lost and he just became more and more of a circus freak style act where for me the the, the fiend stuff was even hor- more horrendous than this stuff maybe some people really liked it i just it just was completely not for me at all So a shame that his career never ended up becoming as good as it could have been. I think there was a time when had you just portrayed the Wyatt family as a sort of like a hick family, you know, what I mean, like who who were a bit strange, but not supernatural and were really fucking tough and scary because they were tough and could beat you up. And they'd pushed him hard and beaten Cena and everything, then great. But other than that, no, it didn't it just never never really recovered. And of course it, it, you know, i I'd say all that in the with the context that it's a tragedy that he's passed away and then uh, for no other reason than anything other than the fact that he was a person who passed away early and had a young family and, and you know, that's that's the tragedy of this. Nothing to do with what he might have been in the ring, if you like.
3: I just think he, he was set up To fail from the start I mean There were You know I've not watched a lot of NXT But I do remember Them in NXT The Wyatt family And they were brilliant And then they come to the main roster And this first match is a, is a ring of fire match Against Kane Like an infernal match It was shit Terrible Shit And then yeah. The match against The Shield Which you've mentioned before Is absolutely Unbelievable Phenomenal Phenomenal match And then Cena, the loss to Cena just did him in. And then the Fiend, I quite, enjoyed, I enjoyed the Fiend when it first when he first come out and he was doing the Firefly promo stuff with the, pup, the the puppets. I was like, what is this? But I got, I did get into it. And again, the rede the debut of the Fiend at Summerslam was incredible, absolutely incredible. And then it just went to pot. Not the Goldberg match, the Seth Rollins match, putting him straight away. And I, and I might be being hypocritical here because I'm saying push push the people that are over and he was over, but I just think we should have just let it play out a little bit as soon as they put him in that match against Seth Rollins there was only one way for him and that was down the Hell in a Cell match was shit because of the ending was shocking and then he loses the, the title to Goldberg in what a minute, I oh, just set up to fail and then his, his last incarnation when he comes back, brilliant when he comes back and then he's in a, a lights out match with LA Knight at the Royal Rumble which is sponsored by Mountain Dew, he it, it just set up to fail though, just set up to fail I think
1: I should also say about The Fiend stuff is I didn't see a lot of it. What I saw of it, though, I just found just completely went over my head. Maybe that's just a a reflection of me being behind the times. I don't know. Maybe that's that's the truth. We then get the pilots from the planes earlier, shown in the front row. Lovely. And then, uh, you guessed it, it's another hype video. Uh, We see footage of Bill Goldberg from his WCW undefeated streak, then the arrival of Lesnar in WWE, then their match at WrestleMania 20 with Goldberg winning. Lesnar's UFC career and his return to WWE, then Goldberg's return and challenging Lesnar. Goldberg beating Lesnar at Survivor Series, Goldberg beating Kevin Owens at Fastlane, and Lesnar uh, attacking Goldberg on Raw. All this is narrated by Paul Heyman in a form of a fairy tale. This is no happily ever after, is what he says at the end. We then get their match, which is four minutes, 45 seconds, universal title match and ends when Lesnar hits an F5 for the win.
2: For the first time in what felt like 10 years watching this show, my life slipping away from me like Sands in an egg cup or egg timer, egg cup egg timer egg timer the crowd <laughs> were actually invested in something as as was i and this was everything it needs to be everything it needs to be perfectly laid out heavy duty hard-hitting spots i thought this was a bit longer actually on the night but it, it wasn't but actually that was great uh, and this was the second best thing on the show for me
3: it, we didn't need the title for a kickoff. Uh, the video package highlights that because it highlights more the fact that Brock Lesnar wanted to beat Goldberg than actual getting the title. I think I've said that to death about the fact that Goldberg shouldn't have won the title. Goldberg definitely getting his steps in with his long entrance. Heyman fantastic on the microphone, standard. Crowd very pro Lesnar. Brock selling fantastic. And the start of the match was just didn't give you time to breathe. The spear through the barricade was fantastic. The An excellent leapfrog from the spear. But and and this is really weird because it's about, it's what, four minutes long, four and a half minutes long. But I, I can't believe that I'm actually going to say this, but I did get a little bit bored near the end <laughs> because it was, there was four moves in the match, a German suplex, a spear, a jackhammer and F5. And this it started off fantastically. And then I just thought it got a bit laboured, which is, I, I can't believe I'm saying it, it's sh- stupid. I was really excited to see the fellow with the signs in the front row who uh, was bringing up for every German suplex, counting them one, two, and I was really wanted to see what his ten sign was going to be like, whether it was going to be a ten sign or he was just going to put a one and a zero up. And it turns out he had a fancy ten sign, uh, which was quite nice. But this wasn't, this was the set, the other match that I thought was going to be fantastic and I know that it's thought of quite highly, this match, but this wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be It started off fantastically And then I just think it went with a bit of a whimper in it. and, and it's Goldberg Just too old, don't like him Can't be asked with him at this point So yeah, it was, it was average I suppose
1: I really liked it, I thought it was about as good as a five minute match can be Can possibly be, to be honest I don't think you can, I don't think you get a better five minute match This is what I want to see If you're going to give me Bill Goldberg and Brock Lesnar Against one another, then do this And I'm fine And that's what they did. Great. Love the spear when Lesnar turns around after the first couple of German suplexes and Goldberg just hammers him with the spear. It's just fucking mental. And then he does it through the barricade. Love that. Loved all the power moves. Loved Lesnar basically then destroying him once he got on top. Great. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. So that's everything. That's all the matches on the show covered. We've done the last two matches on the show. We didn't say that uh, the New Day do come out again just before the main event. And in blue suits at this point, they've changed. They don't look quite so ridiculous. And they announced the Citrus Bowl attendance record of 75,245, followed by another firework display. Lots of firework displays talking about the nonsense. So, yeah, it's time to give our summary of how we felt about the show, our scores and any other business. Why don't we start with you, Alex? Surprise,
3: surprise. This is not a good show. It is not a good show at all. First of all, it's way too long. We've been through this. Three hours, 30 minutes for me is perfect length. The two matches that I expected to be the best were not as good as I thought. The opener wasn't as good as I remember it being. Jericho, Kevin Owens was a hell of a lot better than I remember, but it was nowhere near being a classic. And that Jericho and Owens is my match of the night. It it was good. It was good. But not what, you know, WrestleMania, I I want to pick a better match than that. The two women's matches were serviceable, hated the ladder match, hated Orton versus Wyatt. Triple H, Seth Rollins, way too long. And the main event was miles better than I thought it was, but it was pointless. The booking in this show is atrocious and it damages the current roster of stars. And for that reason, and I think I'm being generous and I was going to go three, but talking about it, I'm going down, I'm giving it a two, a two out of ten. And I think I'm being really generous there really generous so it, they, they can have a mark for the opener at the jericho owens match uh and the opener and it, like the lesnar goldberg match but i don't want to see goldberg wrestling holding the title at his age it, for me just the booking completely spoiled it for me i won't be watching this again i wouldn't recommend anything from this show to watch even the jericho owens match there's better matches to recommend than that one of the worst manias of all time if i'm being honest the mvp you know, I've mentioned the Seth Rollins' torch, I mentioned Maurice's hair. If I was being serious, I'm probably going to go Seth Rollins if he did have the flu to put in a performance like that. But I don't know whether he did have the flu, and I, and I don't want to give it to Seth Rollins. So my MVP is going to the hot dog crust uh, stuffed crust pizza that I had because it was <laughs> absolutely phenomenal. So that's my MVP, and I and I genuinely mean that. Genuinely mean that. Special mention to Kevin Owens because he got his feelings hurt by Vince, and I don't know why, but yeah terrible two out of ten and I, honest to god i think that'd be really generous with that
2: um at the end of the night after so many hours of this show i did stay for a little bit to see the undertaker and his supposed retirement even though i never really liked him but i guess there was something in me that wanted to show some some respect i don't really know why uh, and my wife who'd had enough of this sunday and me many many hours earlier kept imploring us just to leave come on let's go let's go and eventually we did and we left the. I think we left. It's about twelve oh five Eastern time um, to see the dead ghouls on those buses that had been um, that had been shipped out of the hotel at three thirty. And some months later, in the living room uh, after the Undertaker returned, Mrs. Coriander walked in and saw him and said, "Why the fuck is he back?" <laughs> and The pain of WrestleMania thirty three still running deep through her veins. And on the night, I had quite a good time at this WrestleMania. I can't. I can't lie. I thought, as I said earlier on, I thought the crowd. Perhaps was a little harsh some of the matches, uh, and they deserve more. But watching this back, I really don't think that. I think the complete opposite. I think they got what they deserved. This is really bad, horribly long, a ghastly experience. Rewatching it, I'm going four out of ten for man I think I'm probably being generous actually, Alex, given what you said. Uh, but I'm going to stick with that. And my uh, MVP is AJ Styles. And my match tonight is AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon.
1: Okay, my match tonight is the main event, and my MVP is Roman Reigns.
3: <laughs> He's thinking about his weight
1: <laughs> i know what my ratings is i'm thinking about whether i should say it out loud <laughs> right <laughs> because i'm giving this a seven out of ten wow yeah oh. I, I don't know why i don't know why. what i'm seeing this different and i i'm sure sh- i i am shocked because i what go into this i i didn't know what to expect but when i thought about it i thought well i remember that i thought the match of the night was the opener when i first watched it i mean and the best match best moment of the night was the hardy boys return but I struggled to find things I disliked other than the Orton Bray Wyatt match. There wasn't anything on here that I really actively disliked. There was nothing classic either. I should say that nothing classic or even you know, really, really good, but just a lot of solid stuff. You know, I'm given at least five of these matches, seven out of 10. And that's, Pretty good hit rate, quite frankly. Uh, within that, I'm saying that un- Reigns and Undertaker. I'm saying Triple H and Seth Rollins. I'm saying Jericho and Owens. I'm saying AJ Styles and Shane McMahon. I'm saying the Fatal Four Way Tag Team Match. You know, there was just a for me a lot of solid stuff on this sh- on the show. Maybe it's because I watched it in four sittings. Maybe that really really helped me <laughs> through this one because I obviously originally did watch it in one sitting and it certainly didn't hit as hard then. And then, of course, Goldberg and Lesnar, which I mentioned, is also another really good match. So I I was just happy with the overall quality in general. And then when they finished with the Roman's Brain Undertaker match, well, before I started watching, I was like, well, I'm already at seven for this show. If they deliver as I expect them to deliver, this will bring the show down. But then they delivered a lot, I thought. I thought they had a really good match to end the match show. So I was like, well, it's, I can't, in good faith, give this less than a seven out of ten. I didn't think it was booked badly. I thought they scheduled the show quite well. I think towards the end, like even they even coped with the five hour length by having the two shortest matches, the two matches before the main event. Quick fire matches, the Lesnar, Goldberg one, and then the women's sort of smackdown title match. That worked really well because it meant that you just were no longer in the if they'd have done like three or four of the longest matches at the end in a row, I think it'd have been real a real chore. But I think they booked the show quite well. Like they I should say they put the card quite well. In terms of the build-up, I can't really talk to that. But it certainly felt, watching this with all the hype videos and everything, that they'd put a lot of effort into this build. And everything felt significant, much more so than it did at WrestleMania 32, which obviously we reviewed two weeks ago. So there you go. Flabbergasted. I think that might be the biggest differential in score between two people seven mm. and two we've ever had possibly
3: and do you know because i listened uh, obviously i've said i've listened to the 32 and that is one that i was originally down for doing but i couldn't do it due to work purposes and i was really happy about that but then listening to you guys talk about it and thinking back i think i think that it's better show than this and i haven't seen it for a long time i am in no rush to watch that <laughs> motherfucker either but in. Um, this is just I, I i just hated i just hated it i hated it and i wrote down 3 originally and wrestle we did wrestlemania 4 and I, that give that we give i think i give that a 3 and i know that don't get me wrong it's two different times but that is miles better than this miles better than this i i, I absolutely hated this show hated it, as you can tell with the constant ranting all, all night uh, i am flabbergasted with that seven i really am So that
1: brings the average rating to, for this show, 4.33 for us, which is the 10th lowest WrestleMania of all time. Only ahead of 2012, 1, 9, 4, 32, 27, 11, and 2. So it's not exactly a high-ranking one, even with my 7 out of 10.
3: Can I I ask a quick question, Ben, and I don't know how easy it's going to be. What else have you given 7 WrestleMania-wise?
1: WrestleMania. I, I mean I I've got it here,
3: but it would take me a little
1: bit. Of time like, no, to it's go fine, through it. it's fine.
3: It's fine.
1: Not many. Not many. I mean it is I'm I'm ranking one of the best WrestleManias that I've ranked, put it that way. It's is in the top ten. Put it that way. I
3: know, I, I I and I
1: feel oh. I feel like it I feel like it. I feel like it's madness, but I can in good conscience give it a bad rating. I genuinely thought all the way through that this was a solid show. If I was reading it down, it would be for the stuff that all of the WrestleManias have got, which is all the nonsense between the matches.
3: And and you know you mark them as you as you watching them and that. So how you feel You know, I'm not saying you're wrong or anything like that. It, well, I, I think I might be. I think Just, I, I might That's, you,
2: I think, that's, that's what I'm hearing, Alex. I'm, I'm hearing you saying you're wrong. No, you I'm not. I'm not s- hey, suspended listen. from the next four shows because you're so Le- no, wrong. No, no,
3: no. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, listen. Look, this is the guy that gave Brutus Beefcake versus Honky Tonk Man match of the night, so and and the stuffed crust pizza as his MVP. So uh, who am I to say who's no, right? No, I this? think,
1: but I think I might be wrong. That's the thing. I think I might be wrong, but I, but you know, I'm not. I'm not going back to watch it again to find out. <laughs> so
0: it's yeah, a seven yeah. on so yeah. the
2: night, Ben. For what it's worth, I would have probably given this somewhere between a six and a half and a seven. I think I had a really good time the first at this show, but I just don't. I just didn't watching it back, and I watched it. I watched the first hour and then the, the the next four hours all in one go so um which was really hard going oh, yeah you're my mvp Stephen. <laughs>
3: you're my yeah you're in the pizza It
2: took like so long there we go yeah
1: right okay well that's everything we've got time for today um thank you Stephen, for your contributions
2: thank you a pleasure as always
1: and alex thanks for joining us today
3: yeah thank you very much I love it I love it I love it thank
1: you this has been the Random Wrestling Review we'll be back again in two weeks time with Wrestlemania 34 who knows what delights we've got in store on that one but until then
2: take care you can't catch me boy